Estás en el estudio con Dre, Big H y Triple C. Póngase a escuchar el Silverback Podcast. Me das empacado, ¿oíste? Silverback Chronicles Podcast. Silverbacks. Yo. What's good? What's really good? My peoples, we back. Another phenomenal week. Once again, it's your boys, Silverback Chronicles Podcast. It's your boy, Big H. I got my brother, Dre. Hello. 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 Triple C. Yo. What's good, baby? Maintaining chillin'. All bro. day. You already snow. Dre. Just happy to be here. My like, man. I, like, it's been crazy busy. Yes. A lot going on. Busy's good. But I look forward to have this with another amazing special guest. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We got another we got another sexy one for you sexies out there. You yeah, know for right? all the sexies. Word. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's our fellow brother, but he's a lieutenant. We got another white shirt in the building. You heard? Gold badge is heavy. Gold badge is heavy tonight. His, his pants are sagging. You right know what I'm saying? <laughs> He got a he got a gold brick back there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Show he's showing off. Mm. But nah, we got uh we got a special guest, man. Uh been knowing him for a minute now. Shit, since we came on around the same time. He's a class before me. But uh we're gonna get into that momentarily. But first, you already know. Stop box USA, everybody. Stop box USA. Go get the new AR chamber lock. Go get that stop box for your pistols. Listen, stay safe. No batteries needed. Your own safety lock mechanism with your fingertips, baby. Yeah, stop box up. They partnered up with us. We're going to do big giveaways. Absolutely. For like the next three months. Wow. Yeah, we're going to set it up and y'all going to know. And I'm telling you, you don't want what they what they what they handing out. Yeah, definitely. You don't want that. And don't ever forget the discount code twenty percent all caps silverback podcast. Twenty percent all caps silverback podcast. From your boys in blue, we appreciate you. I like that. I like that. Wow. I like that. Hey yo, but when I'm hungry, I go to Bond House Kitchen all day, every day. Seven zero one South Bond. South Bond Street, baby, what's up? It's real simple. From far to the harbor. That's it. And that's it. Nobody else's hands. In the heart of Fells Point. Right. That's it. Mm. Farm style, it's just quiet. It's, it's, it's just, you had a long day, you got a sexy-ass cocktail bar, too. Absolutely. Like, with the glass, with the diamonds, and, you know, etched. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, pinkies up when you sip in your hand. Right. Go get yourself an old fashioned and take it easy. And take it easy. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the website www.serverbackcoins.com. Go get the 
Roots, your latest merchandise for the boys in blue. What we got coming up for this, this spring collection? We got, a, we got a sexy, sexy, sexy catalog that's going to be coming about. Okay, just give us a minute. You know, we back to the ordering. And, uh, hey, yo, we should do old school like, like pictures of us in a catalog and bail it out. Absolutely. <laughs> or some JC Penny shit from back in the day. Nah, I'm just going to wear uh, a fucking banana hammock with some high tech boots on. So. <laughs> What kind of boots? High tech old school hammer joints. You know what I'm saying? Steel toe. Right. You know what I'm saying? Doing work. Work. <laughs> but uh, ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. Shout out to everybody that's working hard. Stay safe. Get your money. You know, all positive energy, man. Keep the negative people around your circle. Trust me. I'm I think I die all the time. Get it? Yeah, get that money. You know what I'm saying? Level up. Don't get, Listen, don't get mad. Get money. You heard? That's it. That's it. But I um, love that line. That that line changed my life once upon a time. You know? Yeah, yeah. He stopped me from fighting some guy. He's like, "Yo, stop! Don't get mad. Get money. Get money." And man. I was like, "You know, on the seven, the seven, the three seven slots, ding, 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 ding." I was like, <laughs> "My, uh, oh shit, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Let me just it get this bread. It makes wow. sense now. Listen, I make a lot of money in this uniform, baby. I ain't gonna let nobody deter me from my goals. Yes, sir. I'm saying we got we got a phenomenal Christmas every year. You hear me? Yeah, every year." Stocking stuffers, everything. You know what I'm saying? So beautiful. He gets a what? Uh, oh, yeah, one on right. one. He had a one on one with his well, with Santa. You know, what you know we gotta Santa. have that talk. Yeah, you know, he put the money Santa's in the bag. So happy. Wow. You know what I mean? Santa's so happy when he go to the crib. He actually shakes his hand. Right, right. Yo, <laughs> we sit down. I'm like, yo, take your hat off, baby. Let's, let's talk for a minute. You, you, you did all right this year, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like. Yeah. So you know that's what it's about, baby. Smiles. You know what I'm saying? Anybody just laugh, enjoy life, keep the haters far away from you. But but keep letting them watch you though, you know. That's not your fault. Don't right. Don't watch me. Watch TV, baby. You're busy working. How can you pay attention? Right. <laughs> you so. give it. Give, give them the Heisman. Step for him. Excuse me. Coming through. Right. Let's say what big pun. Rest in peace. Go that way. Right. Go that way. Go that way. Right. That way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's back. We're here. It's episode 65, 75. You heard? The me and potatoes. The right in potatoes. the middle. We're right in the middle. In the thick of things. Right. Pack, action pack. And we working hard. But like I said, we got a phenomenal guest. Um, this guy's. I mean, he just. He, he's. You know what? He's on. He concentrates on his job. He's so on the low. Nobody would know that he's a fucking lieutenant on the job. Mm. He's humble. He's quiet. He don't make no noise. The man is smart as hell. I mean, we got, what, 10, 10 and a half years, almost 11 years, and he's a lieutenant. Mm. Yeah. Big difference. That's huge. Big difference. I respect him so much. Yeah. And he's a wealth of knowledge. And not even that, but he takes care of his people. Yeah. He cut from the old school cloth. Word. You know what I'm saying? It's not about him. He always puts his people first. He takes care of his people. That goes a long way, ladies and gentlemen. A long way. But with no further ado, our brother, Lieutenant Mercado. Yes, sir. Can can I also add that? He's from the Bronx. (laughs) (laughs) DX. From the BX. We survived, man. What? (laughs) Sir, thanks for being here. 
I'm glad I'm glad you and Ace sent this out. No, absolutely. It had to happen. Had to. So LT, what's up, baby? How you doing, man? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. You know, the world needs to hear it. They I'm need grateful. to hear I'm grateful, man. I love this show. I love it. We appreciate you. We appreciate oh, it. Definitely. It means everything. Oh my god. It means everything. So what, like what what we on? Almost 10, 11 years now? Yeah, we're we're getting it. We hit our um, ten completed, right? Yes, we so did. We're in our eleventh year now. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. Wow, that's the bracket and the pay scale. How about that? Right. <laughs> is, it, is it good up there? Is it good up there? It is very good. Up I'm, there. I'm coming. I'm coming up right behind you. So like the the song, you know, we started from the bottom. Now we home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I tell you, I started from the bottom, brother. Like you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, I mean, well, you know, we're from the same pretty much neighborhood. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. Our overtime is a little bit different than his. <laughs> That's true. That's his, true. His, his pay oh, rate right. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, but believe it or not, some of the senior guys, right? They tell me their overtime rate, and I'm like, well, that's not that far <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Right. Because that's the only thing. I'm young in the agency considering the, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, but you bust your ass to God. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you definitely did. Rightfully nobody, so. Nobody could take that away. Hell no. Nobody gave it to me. I had to get it. He mm. went out there and took it. <laughs> Bow. Telling you. Mm. Bow. So tell the world, boss, where you from? Born and raised. So I am from the South Bronx. Nice. My parents raised me there. I was born in Lincoln Hospital. Um, I spent like the first, what, 17 years of my life there. Wow. How was that? So I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm going to be pretty honest. I, I did not. Those were some traumatic years. Okay. You know? And I grew up. Let's not, talk. Not liking police. I'm sure you did. I'm one of those dudes that when the after police, you know what I mean? I, I'd be that motherfucker singing that song. You there you go. Mean? And I and the reason why is is not just because of the stereotype of like after police, don't talk to the police and stuff like that. It was more like certain experiences that I went through mm. where how they how they treated my father specifically and then how they treated my mother. Really? You know I mean? So my dad, you know, he's like got a heavy um heavy Hispanic accent, like you know, he, you could barely understand them, but you, you could get it. But he's one of those dudes that needed to talk slow so you could understand them. All right. Now, what's interesting about this man, my father, is he wasn't born in this country. He came later in his life. You know, I think he was like in his 40s or something like that. Later on wow. in his life. He comes to this country and he is in love with it. Mm. He loves everything about this country. One day I asked him because like his family had land back in Venezuela where he was from. Mm. And he's like, you know, I'm like, why did you come here? You had all this over there. Like, why, why don't we go back? Why don't you want to go back or something? He's like, hijo, you know, son, mm-hmm. I want to be buried. In, he says it in Spanish, so it sounded way better. But he's like, I want to be buried in American soil. Mm. He wow. bought all American. You know, he's that type where he just, he, as, a, as a young man, like as a young person, he would teach me about American history. Mm. Wow. How amazing this country is. Wow. And the thing is, like, I could never understand. I, I'm never going to be able to understand fully his experience because he grew up in another country. So I'm an American citizen. I was born an American citizen. We have all these things that we appreciate. But then when I started seeing the world, I started appreciating why he thought that way Mm. about this country. Gotcha. You know? But he has an Hispanic accent, right? And he has an accident. And there's these cops that get there. And I guess they couldn't understand him. You know what I mean? They they couldn't understand him. And I don't fault them for that because I get that. You know, we talk to some people sometimes and they don't speak a certain language. We don't don't get it. But the, the miscommunication was there. He, he 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 didn't want to tow, but they called for a tow. And the tow truck driver, like, starts trying to tow. He's like, whoa, like, I got my own insurance. I'm, I'm going to get my own tow truck and everything like that. The tow truck driver is like a giant dude compared to my dad. You know what I mean? 
the dude starts like kind of like fucking tussling with my dad. And the thing that really effed me, like fucked me up the most was, I re- and I remember it. I remember looking at the cops and like thinking to myself, like, they're going to do something about this. They're going to help my dad, you know, because this guy is fucking huge compared to my dad. And I don't give a fuck with all that. You could be the best fighter, but sometimes you just can't win, right? I looked at these cops and they're laughing. They're wow. laughing at my dad getting fucking like tossed up by this tow truck driver. They're laughing. Wow. This is a real story. How old were you? I was, um, oh man, I was in middle school. So probably like in my, like 11, 12, like in that, in that bracket, like in the area. You know what I mean? Yeah, so your memory's solid. Like you see, you see what's going on. Because the image was so messed up because I could see the guy towering over my father. And in like the, between them, I see the two cops leaning on their cars. They're NYPD. And they're just laughing. And the memory sticks with me because I'm like, I'm not mine. I'm like, what can I do to help? Mine. But. I see that my dad can't do nothing, so I'm like, you know, and I felt defenseless, and I felt, like, sorry for my dad, and I was just like, man, that's just, that's messed up. Even at that age, I understand how fucked up that was. Absolutely. Just look at somebody getting assaulted and just saying, <laughs> And you're just fucking giggling. Yeah, you're just laughing. Wow. My brother, my brother gets there, and this is his day that he's shipping out to the Marine Corps. So, like, I guess when you get out the Marines, you come home, and then you go back out. So he's in his uniform. He's about to go to his first duty station or whatever. He comes there, and then the cops do something. Mm. They straighten up. They try to make like everything's like nothing's wrong. They pretended that the fight never happened. Like my dad was never assaulted. Wow. And they're like, you know, they talk to my brother like, "Yes, sir," and shit like that. And I'm just like, "What? What was the difference?" My switch up. Your tune and was man, different. Five you got, minutes. You got ago. a marine in uniform, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they change up their tune, and I'm just like, "It can't be this way." Mm. Like that's just anyway. So that was pretty tough um, dealing with that, seeing that. So I didn't like the police. Growing up where I grew up, my friends, like everybody, we were not the type. Like if you go back to New York now and you talk to my homeboys that I grew up with, which you probably can't because one of them's in jail, one of them's dead. You know, the other one, I love him to death, but <laughs> he's not doing so well. You know what I mean? And if you was to ask them, like, did you think Mike is going to become a cop? Like, Fuck no. There's no way that motherfucker will be a cop because he's too loyal to the street. You know what I mean? Because that's. Between my father and my mother, that's who raised me, too. Right. The streets. Right. You know what I mean? The thing that's interesting about the ghetto, man, is like, yes, Baltimore is different, right? New York is different, right? It's different flavors, but it's all ice cream. The, the ghetto here. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Is There's something, you know what I mean, similar. There's different flavors and shit, but it's just something similar. You know what I mean? So, going up there. My homeboys would be like, no, nah, there's no way that he'd become a cop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, for the longest part, I never thought I would do it. But, you know, another instance with my mom, right? So my mom got her purse um, stolen from her. And mm-hmm. she she's the type that she would have to put cash aside, you know, because we were poor. I'm talking about poor, bro. And she had, like, a bunch of coupons just to kind of, you know what I mean? Right. And her purse was stolen or taken or something like that. She calls the police. A detective come, comes over. And she has a little bit of accent, but her English was way better than my dad's. So the detective, I'm in my bedroom. Like, I don't want to, you know, be, I already have a nasty, but I hear the way that the detective is talking to my mom like she full of shit. Mm. And this is like a good Christian woman. Like, she's not that type where she would try to play any type of games. Nothing ever happened to this woman except for she wanted to take care of her family and she wanted to go to church. That's what she, she that type. The detective's talking to her like she's like bullshitting. You know what I mean? He's like, you didn't really have that much money if this and that. And I'm just like sitting there like, yo, what the? F-? You know what I mean? Like right. this, this is supposed to be a cop. I thought they were supposed to be helping us. 
And he's just treating my mom like she full of shit. She lying and all this type of stuff. And he's like, look, there's nothing I can really do to help you at this point. So, ma'am, whatever. I'll, I'll see you. Like, he just leaves. And I'm just like, damn. And I just see my mom looking like, like stressed. But then she just like shrugs and whatever. So I'm like, again, another negative experience. Not to mention the ones that I had on the street with him. But still, that was tough. Seeing that type of stuff. Because it's your parents, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And your parents are your protectors and stuff like that. And you, seeing your parents, like, have little to no power in that circumstance, that's, like, a weird... That's, like, a weird scenario. You know what I mean? So, it fucks your psyche up. You telling me, man. Big time. So what What did I do? Where did I try to find power? Not from my parents, from the street. Mm. But either which way, yeah, I'm from the South Bronx. Been through a lot of stuff going up there. Um, Terrible, terrible student. <laughs> And then I, uh, I had to decide what to do with my life, right? And uh, what point was that? Was it junior year, senior year? Nah, I, I, even I, after I dropped out of high school. Okay. And then I go back to like this uh, special program, and I gotta give a big shout out to them. If you ever get a chance, Google um, Kip Academy Knowledge is Power mm-hmm. Program. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a charter school in New York, and if we go into the history of New York that we talked about, it was one of the things that like Giuliani got into. Hundred percent. So. This program, you know, I did bad with them, but they tried their hardest to, to help us. You mm. know, it, it, the program is focused on going to inner city to like poor neighborhoods and stuff like that and try to really reinforce like how important education is. Right. Mm-hmm. They tried. I was their first class in the South Bronx. That first class, I'm not going to say it was a failure, but it didn't do as well as they wanted to. Right. Mm. Yeah, didn't we use psychos? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's true. We were so really messed up with yeah. kids back in the South Bronx back then. Mad PTSD all over, yeah. <laughs> but they tried their hardest. And um, when I went to high school, they were proud of me because I went to like a specialized high school. I went to LaGuardia High School. So there's five specialized high schools in New York City. A lot of famous people went there. Yeah. Al Pacino, um, Rachel. I mean, there's a couple of people. Oh, yeah. The list is insane. And I didn't know all that. I just yeah. knew that. That's a school that I, I could try doing. Um, I went for acting. That's what this is. It's a specialized behind performing arts, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, so, so you wanted to be an actor? So, no I was, so I was suspended, right? I didn't know I wanted to be an actor. I knew I wanted to go to that school, though. Right. Look up, look, look up, look Wadi watch. So I'm suspended, right, for this incident <laughs> um, at, at, at high, in uh, middle school. And they're like, look, you're going to have to start applying to go to school, high school, because if not, you're going to go to your regular ordained high school. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll try. All right. I read uh, I read Shakespeare. I read uh, Hamlet. Nice, right? And then I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna say this this lo- this scene, and I'm gonna say this scene. <laughs> and then I got into LaGuardia High School when I auditioned, and I literally said the, the the what I read. You know what I mean? Really? And one of the teachers was like, "Oh my god!" You know, and I was like, "All right, cool. Like I'm in." Because so you I, you read that verbatim. Oh my god! And verbatim. you had the passion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so to be or not to be, that is a question. Wow. Whether it's noble, you know, I went through all of it. And then um, that changed me because I got exposed to a different community. Mm, right, 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 right. So I didn't go to school, with, you know, like white kids. I went to school with black kids. You know what I mean? I right. went to school with Hispanic kids. And when I go to the Guardia. It's all about exposure. It's in Manhattan, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like a huge. It's like it's like going from East Baltimore to. Bro, phenomenal people came out of the Guardia. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Turn, turn that off so we can focus on this. <laughs> it's like going from uh, from East Baltimore to like Fells Point or something. It's just a huge difference. Right. I'm going to a school with a bunch of white kids who like obviously are of means and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there like, oh shit, I don't think I belong here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how was that though? It was it was a huge 
changing the dynamic of what I thought was normal. You know what I mean? Right. But because of where I came from, I still tried to normalize it. Right. So I went there with the hood, hood mentality. Like I'm, I'm a ghetto dude. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And all these kids were like not used to it, but there were a couple of other ones, you know what I mean? Who had talent and like, obviously we're from bad neighborhoods and then, you know, we just hung out together and instead of doing the right thing in LaGuardia, I did the fucking wrong thing. You know, I started hanging out with the wrong kids and I spent like four years doing nothing except for doing terrible things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, at that point it was obvious that I wasn't going to graduate and I needed to figure out what to do. Cause I'm getting older now. Right. I go back to Kip you know, and I talked to this guy named David Levin, who was like kind of like a mentor to me a little bit, not directly in the sense that like he purposely trying to mentor me, just he was trying to help because he was one of those teachers that cared about those students. You know what I mean? Like one of those teachers that he will give you his shirt off of his back because he cares. You know what I mean? Right. This guy came from, I think he came from wealth, but he was one of those times that he felt important. He felt driven to try to help people mm. from our community. You know what I mean? Still. So I'm like, yo, what am I going to do? He's like, you can work here, bro. Just work here. Like, we'll figure something out, and you got to go to college. I'm like, you know, I dropped out, right? Get a GED. I'm like, all right, I'll get a GED. So I got a GED. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, cool. I can give you a job now. Nice. Start working. So, and then I'm, like, thinking about going to school. I'm, like, preparing to go to school. I got to take the SATs. I got to study and all this type of stuff because that's not what I was doing in high school. So then I get into a, a college, and it's, like, a huge thing. Because nobody in my family had gone to college, right? Mm -hmm. So I have, what, two brothers, two sisters, and uh, nobody had gone to college, right? So I was the first one that got accepted into a, to a, into a college. Yay, right? Wrong. Nice. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I, I'm a terrible student. I'm a street kid. You know, I have no, like, my loyalties to whatever I want to do. I go to college, and mm -mm, I do terrible, bro. It was no good for you. I'm a terrible student. I didn't go to class. I didn't do anything. I love being around all these girls and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it was cool, but right. but nah, I didn't do good. And I got kicked out. Mm. Now what am I going to do? I joined the Army, you know? Mm -hmm. I tried to join the Marine Corps because my brother was a Marine. I'm like, let me, let me do that, yo, because I love Marines. They're right. fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, do you have a high school diploma? No. Well, we met our quota this year for uh, GED applicants, so you cannot join the Marine Corps at this point. Mm. Damn. I s this is in 2006, right? Now, the interesting part about this, I, mean, I kind of left it out because I left New York after um, after college because the college that I went to was in um, like up upstate New York. It was in, in uh, Purchase, so like a little bit further. Yeah. Up. Uh, uh, SUNY it was Purchase. SUNY. SUNY Purchase. SUNY Purchase. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. SUNY Purchase. Yeah. So I went there. And then uh, obviously I did terrible. I flunked out of that. Shout out to them. They threw great parties. Yeah. Just saying, yeah. they definitely did. <laughs> just saying, wow. just saying. I, I'm, at, I'm. I heard that from a friend. Right, <laughs> right. I got the same memo. It's an interesting place, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the bitties. Um <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I'm throwing a lot at you, man. But my parents, right. This is like during the time before I go to um, college. Okay. My parents was like, we can't be here. We got to go. It was too violent. All right? right. We'll get into that in a little bit, but it was so violent that they just had to leave. Damn. So they went to Florida. Kissimmee, Florida, they moved. They were like, we're done. We're leaving. Peace. Bye. I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame them either. Blue skies. Word. But they left me and my sister there. You know, young. Wait, oh, y'all showing off. They left yeah. the eye in the Bronx? They left us in the Bronx. Wow. 
Because me and my sister were knuckleheads. And, and y'all was like, we I'm not going. We were not contributing going. to making things better. Right. You know I mean? So okay. y'all was like, I'm not going. That's my parents was like, yo, we, we can't, yo. So they went to Florida. I mm. flunked out of college. I met my um my uh, my wife there. And I'm like, what do I do? My dad's like, Eho, come home. You know, so he's like, come to Florida. I stay with him in Florida. And I feel like this is the worst thing I could be doing. I'm just living in my dad's house. And I'm like, oof, how old was I at the time? I'm 19, 20, no, 20, 21. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a man at this point, young man, but I'm a soul man. I don't live in my dad's house. I'm like, this is unacceptable. I got to do something different. Right. I tried to join the Marine Corps. They said no. I was like, I can't stay home. I can't keep doing it. If I go down this road, I'm going to amount to nothing. Right. And I'm going to do him wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I still have his last name. So I go right across and I see the army. We'll take you. It was in 2006. Yo, people, people were dying left and right, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, operation doing for was I guess wasn't doing well. A lot of soldiers were like, you know, they were like taking anybody. You had like, if you had a certain type of felony, they would take you into the army at that point. You know what I mean? Wow. Which is insane to me. You know what I mean? So I joined. I joined the army. And mm. that is the part where like really everything kind of changed. Because you can quit like high school, right? You can drop out of high school. You can drop out of college. You can't drop out the army. That's a, a dis, what do they call it? A dishonorable discharge. discharge yeah. Right. Something yeah. bad will, like terrible things will happen if you do that, right? Yeah. So the army instilled that type of commitment that I needed. And, and discipline. Yes. Much like that's the part that really stuck out. Because they have it like down to a science, mm. the military. The military has been doing the same thing for so long that they, they know how to take regular civilians and turn them into sh- soldiers. They, they know how to do it. They, isn't, they it to- isn't it crazy that like city departments, they used to base their philosophy off of a paramilitary. paramilitary. And now we're getting away from it? Yeah. No wonder why we're, we're in the state that we're in. But anyway. No, that's a good point. Bro. I don't know nothing. No, you do. You are onto something. It's crazy. <laughs> it's supposed the military to be paramilitary. Works. It's supposed to be paramilitary for a reason. It works. There's something about that 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 it, that when I joined the army, it really did change me to the point where I understood you have to try hard, you have to work hard, and you can reap the benefits of working hard. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that changed me to the point where, you know, after I did two tours in Afghanistan, and then I was reaching the end of my four years, and I was like, it's. The thing that messed me up, there's a little bit deep. So the first tour, I come back, and my daughter was born before I left, right? Mm, mm-hmm. So and I see her as a little. Did infant. you come back to Florida or to New York? I came back to I came back to Florida, right? My dad, like that's when I left the college and I went to Florida, and I stayed in Florida for like a few months, like a year or something like that, and then I joined the army from Florida. No, I'm saying when you came back from the first tour, did you go back to Florida? Came back to Fort Bragg. North Carolina. Oh, okay. So I, Carolina. I was active duty. I was like in for four years. You gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And everything, right? So now you're back in North Carolina. Right. Okay. So me and my wife, you know, we get the you know, we get the kid. She's born. A month later I deploy. And then I come back and she's almost a year when I come back, right? Every day I kept a little baby sock in my pocket. Mm. Every wow. day. Every day I looked at a little pictures that they would send me. And I'm like, that's the one that I want to go see when I get back. You know what I mean? I love my wife too, but like that's my daughter, man. Right. Yeah. I come back. I get off the ramp. I walk. I walk up to her and I try to hug her. And she got scared. Because she didn't know who I was. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? She hides behind her mother. And I'm just sitting there like, that hurt. That hurt. Seeing your child like who doesn't even recognize you or something like that. I was like, I can't do this to them. You know what I mean? I got to get out. I can't. I'll do my four. 
and then I'll do something else where at least I can come home and kiss them on the head and say goodnight. You right. know what I mean? Something like that. Right. At least I can just hold them and touch them, you know what I mean, every day and just kind of say I love you and shit, you know? So I come back. I see that. I do another tour. I'm like, look, I'm done. They're like, please stay, man. We'll promote you to staff sergeant. We'll do it. I'm like, no, nah, bro, I, got, I can't, you know? So now what do I do? <laughs> I'm getting out the army, right? Mm-hmm. I got a pretty good resume now. I got a pretty good uh, record with the military and stuff. So what do I do? My brother became a cop. The Marine, he became a cop. He was NYPD for six months, man. Get out of here. Six months. He was in the academy. No, no, no. Sorry. Three months or something like that. He was in the academy, right? He's in there for like a few months. This is the crazy part, right? Listen. Baltimore police come up to New York City (laughs) in an effort to recruit applicants from the NYPD. And at that point, Baltimore police paid more than NYPD. Mm. And we're talking like almost 20 years ago. Yeah. This is like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they had the clout, I guess, to say, yo, we'll pay you more, bro. We'll pay you like $7,000 more than what you make. You know what I mean? Here. Yeah, because NYPD salary was like at 20 something thousand. It was like 20. I remember that. It was crazy. Yep. Yep. And I was like, is this around 2009, 2010? The years. Let me see, man. My brother's got like 17, 18 years on or something like that. He's like close to so this is a long time ago, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like oh four or five, yeah, something like that. So it's like maybe a little bit further back after that, but in the early two thousands, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he does it. He goes to Baltimore. We don't know what Baltimore is. We don't know where Baltimore is. I don't know anything about Baltimore at that point in my life, and I don't think he did either. I think he's like they'll pay me more. I'll go. I'm out. I'm out. So then. He was a cop in Baltimore for like two years. He was in the Northwest District, right? Okay. And during this time in his life, when he was a cop in Baltimore, I was going to college. And like my mindset was more like, I was still kind of like after police type. You know what I mean? I was like, my brother's a cop and whatever. Like I wasn't like favorable towards police at that point in my life. But after joining the army, I kind of understood what the idea of being the change that you want to see was. Mm. So mm. that's when I started kind of thinking, you know what? Let me just be a cop, yo. If I'm good at being a soldier, I'm pretty sure I can try to be, you know, like do this and being a good cop, yo. But I'll be different. Instead of being that dude that's laughing, instead of being this dude that's just treating my mother like, you know, treating that citizen like, I'll be that dude that I'll try to understand where you're coming from because you'll be I the came ch- from there. You'll be the change. Part of it. Remember, it's not individualistic. It's team oriented. Mm-hmm. There's General Patton was only as great as the soldiers that follow orders, right? And mm. everybody is not about that one dude. It's about the story of us. Hundred mm. percent. It's a team effort. Wow. Mm. There is no best. It's always like Love you could be guy. the best dude on the planet, right? But if we are like working together, we can beat you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So my brother was a cop in Baltimore, and I was like in my life and my paying attention. I'm like, whatever. I even went to his graduation, man. He gra- like so they used to do the graduation for Baltimore police back in the um in that building with the cannons and um, right across the street from headquarters. Um, Guilford. Yeah. So it was the, the graduation. There's pictures of my brother graduating, and I'm there with him. You know what I mean? And little did I know, years later, <laughs> you'll be the same one graduating. <laughs> right. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Interesting story with that. So. I get out, um, I'm getting I'm getting out the army, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to become a cop. I start looking around, and I'm like, oh, my God, where do I go? My brother's a cop. Let me ask him, where should I go? Do not come to Baltimore City. He's like, do not become a Baltimore City police officer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling tell my brother, like, yo, man, I want to be a cop, man. Right. I wanna, you were a cop there. You said that it's rough, and you said that it's hard, it's grimy. Like it's. It, I was like, I want to do that. He's like, no, you don't. You're not going to come here. <laughs> here, my buddy's a Maryland State police. Go right along with him. Right. right. <laughs> If you want to be a cop, you come to Baltimore. You come to Baltimore. <laughs> right. You're going to get He tried his hardest, but, all. you know. Where's he at now? 
He's with the uh, Amtrak Police Department. Oh, good for him. Oh, yeah. nice. And he's in New York. Oh, is he? So he was Amtrak Baltimore, and now he's Amtrak New York. Oh, you know I mean? shit. And they're treating him well. He loves it. Of course. How, yeah. much, how much time he got on now there? Like 17. Like, he's like he's like close to re- like the retirement. Like, if he stayed with Baltimore Police, he'd be close to retirement. Right, that, is, that is a phenomenal but, corporate job. Oh, yeah, but the thing is, they don't take your years. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Whoa. Yo, so if, you, like, if you've been a cop for 10 years and you join Amtrak today, yeah. they're not going to take you 10 years. No, wow. you got to start off brand new. Because yeah. of state. No, federal. It's quasi-federal, yes, and their retirement is that of a railroad retirement. And railroad retirement is you have to do 30 years, but you get like 100% of your, mm. you know what I mean? And your wife gets a separate pension as well. 50%. It's 150% Damn. retirement. Yeah, that's crazy. So, they're, they're, you know, I hope people don't listen to this and leave there. Uh, leave Baltimore City, because that's um, the point of this whole thing is. Right, 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 right. Which, we're, we're just conversing. That's it. Yeah. Shout out to my... Shout out to my guys. The police department has gone to the railroad. That wasn't us. I mean, I, I go front. I, I like Amtrak is cool. It's a nice gig. Yeah. The, the job ain't nothing compared to what we do. Right. I mean, we do make a little bit more though. But yo, shout so out to my guidance counselor who never told me about Amtrak police. I only know it from taking, you know, the Amtrak from here back to New York. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know what I mean? You, and, and you see the police, and it's no, like, no. what? It's Man. a phenomenal corporate. Gun job. I, I'm just not starting now. all over again. So I applied to some places. I did a ride along um, with the state police. Right, my bro- my brother's buddy was a state police cop, man. Like, he's a great guy and everything like that. I don't want to talk shit about the MSP because they're awesome. But I did a ride along with their patrol guys, and at the end of the shift, the trooper woke me up and was like, "Hey, the shift is over." Mm. Like it was it was that. <laughs> unfortunately, I guess it was that boring at the time where. All right. I was like, uh, you know, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, I'm good. It just wasn't your style. It's not. Yeah. It's not for me. You know what I mean? So my brother was like, "Why don't you try Amtrak?" I'm like, "Okay." I spoke to the background detective, and like, he was like, "I I saw him, and I didn't see a cop, and I was like, I don't want to work for an organization like this." And it's crazy how that first impression gives you an impression of the agency. Nah, you're right. Because it's a corporate job. You're right. Which is bro. why I get so upset when I hear. It's cool. You know, I read that book. We own this. You know, we own the city. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, but. That first impression, that bad impression, it has a huge impact. Because like, there's one detective that I met from Amtrak Police. I'm like, this is what we're going to be doing? Nah, I'm good. Renee, where was it that, I mean, I was like, my brother, where did you go to be a cop in the beginning? Like, where did we go? Where, where was that? He was like, Michael, don't do it. I'm like, what does, what's what's the name of the city, bro? Baltimore. I Googled it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when the stop snitching videos is going on. And the Baltimore Police Department responded with their own video, their own YouTube video. It's got Donnie Moses in it. Yeah. And he's like... They're talking about like these drug dealers that were making these videos and you know bra- clout, like bragging about how they kill people and how, about, and then they talk about how we arrested these dudes. <laughs> so he's like, "Keep talking, we're listening." Mm-hmm. And um, ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. That's mm-hmm. the song that was playing during their YouTube video. I remember that. Mom, I remember that. Mm-hmm. With, 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 with Donnie Mo, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes!" Shout out to Donnie. I was like, yes, I want to be I want to be a cop there, right? And they were like, yo, it's it's rough and everything like that. And I was like, yes, 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 that's, that's me. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they, the recruiter gave me the job. So Baltimore City extended. So I was getting out the Army. I didn't know how I was going to feed my children. I didn't know what I was going to do to pay the bills. Baltimore City said, mm. they extended their hand to me and they said, I got you. Mm. I know you got a family. I know you got, you know, all this. You got to pay for it. We got you. Mm. And people ask me to this day, like, why did you stay here? Why did you, you know, why you commit yourself so much to that city? I'm like, that's why. Because at that point, when I needed somebody 
to give me a job. When I needed somebody to give me the uh, privilege of serving, Baltimore City said, I got you. Mm. And I said, you know what? I'm Open arms, I'm going. I'm with you, man. You know what I mean? I'll give you everything up until my life, but I got you. Thank you. Wow. You know what I mean? They gave me the dream of trying to be the change that I wanted to see, man. Wow. Yeah, it, it, I just said, yo, that's what it's all about. I'm like, all right, cool, I got you. And that's how I ended up here. That's what's up. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. It's the same for me. Like, I was waiting for the NYPD, and I applied to Connecticut, State Troopers, Westchester County, all these places. And Baltimore was the last place that I interviewed for. The last place that I, I passed the test, they were the first ones to call me. And I was like, I'm there. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about Baltimore. I'm there. <laughs> and it's significant. It's like, it's like you. Like you know, Then I started doing my research. I'm like, damn. They, I ain't even getting it in. I didn't do no research. <laughs> I was on the NYPD list waiting. I already yeah. had my background investigator. I didn't finish halfway through the process. And I'm just waiting. Going on like, yeah, one and a half, two. And one of our active WATF detectives came down to New York and he's like yo I heard you uh, waiting for NYPD I said yeah it's been a while he said come on down to Baltimore we'll hire you mm. in three months I was hired yeah three months for me too I said I'm out of here yeah NYPD called me right after I graduated <laughs> like yo we ready I said listen I just graduated bro I'm good <laughs> I'm good staying right down here yep just from, just from that one encounter. Just that from that one encounter. Yo, bro, out of nowhere. You know what it is? Out because of nowhere. If you want to do the job, it don't matter what city it is. You're gonna do the job. Right. We're hunters. That's it. Ah, say less. There's, there's, Absolutely. There's, there's a small percentage of us that yo, the, that's the job. Because if I go to St. Louis in the hood of St. Louis, it's gonna be the same thing. Like you said. Yeah. It may not be the same. What'd you say? It's not the same flavor, but it's still ice cream. No, yeah, it's not the same flavor, but it's still it's still, it's still ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah, so, so the hoods I, are I, different. Yeah, I came out here for this little crap. You know, what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> oh, I love my yo. I'm so happy. Like even with as as bad as it as things have gotten, right? Right. As bad as things have been, like I still appreciate what this job has done for me. Me and too. My family. Hundred percent. Absolutely. And all the amazing people that you've met. There's amazing people down here. There's some, I swear to God, yo, some of the most talented cops I've ever come across, some of the most talented people I've ever come across work for the Baltimore Police Department. Yeah, absolutely. I come across people all the time, and I think to myself, I'm so inspired every day. So when I want to quit, when I'm getting, like, tired, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I want to submit to the despair, and I come, the thing that lifts me up is coming across people like y'all. Coming mm. across people like that just, they roll up their sleeves, and they're like, yo, let's, get let's it. go. Let's get it. Let's do it, yo. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's why we always bring back, like, Patrol was one of the funnest times I ever had on this job. Oh, my God. Oh, but we came what? back then when we were still Yeah, when, when we yeah. still have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But it was just, I loved it. I loved it. I love everything about the streets. I mean, investigating, meeting people. It's just amazing. Shout out to Patrol now because they're ha they, don't, they didn't have it the way we had it. Right. Patrol now their their hands I feel like are really tired behind their back, and but, they still go out there and they become, you know, all right. They they follow the law, and they still get guns off the street. Yeah. They still are putting, you know, felony drug dealers away. Yeah, Just, and you know what else they're doing, bro? They're still stopping homicides. They're agree. still stopping murders. They're Absolutely. still stopping shootings and stuff like that. With the consent decree. With the consent decree. You know what I mean? That says a lot. I mean, are we winning? No, I don't think that. Of course not. But 
the effort is there. They're trying. It's just, it's, the strategy's got to be probably a little bit more tight. We got to lock it in a little bit better, you know? So it's like, patrol, I I told them, I I addressed the roll call the other day, and I said, like, like I wanted, I wanted to give them intel and stuff like that. And I wanted okay. to talk to them about stuff. So I do that because I, I think it's important for the, the connection to remain the same. You right. know what I mean? But the one thing that I really wanted to say out of all that was like, yo, I've learned from this last incident that happened how important. Like, I've always known how important you are, but it's just so evident how important you are. And I want to say thank you for everything that you do. I genuinely, like, I, I said it was so much so that I hope that they understand how much I love and care about those men that, that and women that do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Because they're such an important element. They are the backbone. It really makes sense to me. I understand it, and I see it so mm, much more clearly. Definitely is. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you know that it's there, right? You know that they're important. You know that they're the background. But as I've, you know, kind of progressed and, and done different roles, I just understood more and more how important. Like, it's become more clear. Right. So they're amazing. How much time did you have on the streets prior to getting promoted to sergeant? So I was in... I was in patrol for two and a half years, and then I went to the, like, drug unit for, like, about a year, and then I became a sergeant. So, what made you want to become a sergeant fast? Uh, what was the passion for it? I had a shitty sergeant. Mm. So, I was a sergeant in the Army, right? And I was pretty squared away. I took care of my people and stuff like that. That's always been my thing. So, like... As a young kid, like even specifically in high school, right? Mm-hmm. So when you got bullied, like somebody got bullied or something like that, right? Or if somebody was picking on somebody who was like probably not like the toughest guy, right? They'd be like, yo, go find Mike. <laughs> so as a little kid, you know, I, I was always that type where if somebody picked on you, I want to go pick on them. The protector. Right. And I didn't know at the time that that's what my role in life was, I guess, right? At the mm-hmm. time, I thought I was just some tough kid and I like to fight and whatever it is, but... The, when I when I when I saw this like one supervisor, I was like, "Really? You know what I mean? Like, really? Mm. This is you're not even gonna try to look out for people. You're not even gonna try to say something. Like, or, say something, man. Say something. Right? Like, you have the credentials to do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> say something, man. Like, help us then. If if you thinking like that, we're not good. Whatever, whatever it is, I just I I kept thinking to myself, this can't be it, right? And. uh that's when I was like, I'm going to go take the test, right? And then the, the you know, like one of the supervisors from the drug unit, you know, they saw something in me and they, they took me. And that's what kind of prolonged me taking like the test in the next six months, you know, because you could get three years and then you could take the test, right? right? So then I was like, all right, cool. Let me try this drug thing because I was already in the drug unit for like a month and I got put out and I didn't have a good experience with that. So I was like, forget this. And then I met the supervisor. I was like, I'm just going to take the test. That's the one thing I can control, I guess, with my my career. Mm. They're not going to give me a shot. I want to try to see if I could do something different. You know what I mean? And then the supervisor looked at at me and saw something in me, gave me a chance. And I worked drugs. And I got a taste for it. I got a taste for it again. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, you want to sell this poison? You want to sell this poison? You want to kill people? There's something out there. That's going to come after you, man. Mm. You want to keep fucking distributing this poison. You want to keep doing all this nonsense and killing people and doing all this nonsense. I know what that is like. I grew up seeing it all my life. Mm. Nah, cat, you ain't doing that shit no more. Mm. And I got a taste for it. And then I got better at it. And I got better at it. And I started getting the oof. I love going after criminals, I guess. I don't know what it is, but there's something about them seeing you and being afraid to sell their drugs. Them seeing you and being afraid to carry guns that I was like, I'm on it then. Let's Mm. do this, yo. And I love that. 
But then I was like, I should take this test. And I took the test and I, you know, I got promoted out, which I still think like I should have done more. Like I should have not gotten promoted as fast because I feel like I missed out on a lot more opportunities to do a lot more. I could have learned a lot more too. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we weren't learning properly back then. No, we just, yeah. We were just <laughs> going, yo. We were going. We were going, man. Like whatever, let's the get it. The crazy thing about it is like there was so much stuff that like I, we were just at the tip of the iceberg. Right. If we had just took more time to learn the law. Honed in on our skill set a yeah, little bit yeah. more. If we would have taken more time. Right. There were some things where I'm like, I knew about these guns. I knew about these guys. I just didn't know how to get them. So I'm like, I guess you uh-huh. just can't get them. Right. But then I made sergeant and I met these other, you know, experienced drug cops, experienced supervisors. And they're like, yeah, you can do this. I'm like, just the wealth of knowledge. You're like, right? what? Yo, these tactics, these techniques. Right. Why, why didn't we all get this type of training? You know what I mean? Like. Right. If I would have known that, I could have done way more damage. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. And uh, you probably still be on drugs <laughs> now. You see how fired up he got? Hell he's yeah. Sweating. He's yo, ready to get back out there. Yo, come on, man. There's I know, nothing I, else I, like I it. See it there There's nothing it. else like it, man. You're absolutely right. It's probably one of the most amazing You things. feel so alive. Yeah, yeah. There's During that car chase? Like the car chase, couple car chase, shattering uh-huh. the door, getting into that fight, you know, like, oh my God, there's nothing else. Like and it's that. to protect the public. Yeah. And it's, you know what, and it's different because your full concentration is on that individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's on that house. Nothing yeah. matters. It's on their crew. Yeah. Nothing So you matters. don't got to worry about calls. I'm yeah. worrying about this, how they operate, how they move. You ain't What's selling time? poison. Right. You ain't selling poison. It's yo. not going to happen. No. <sighs> People don't think about that. Like, it's a rush, bro. It is. It's, it's weird a rush. because people are like, I'm just selling drugs to make a living. And I'm like, I could understand that. But look at what you're doing to your community. Absolutely. Right. That's the hard part. 100%. They're dying. Like, people are just dying from this poison. And, like, I know, I know it's their fault, too. Like, to a certain extent, people, like, they're, they're going and buying the drugs. They're creating the demand. But it's just something about it that, like, when I grew up, you know, I couldn't go to the park, certain parks, because, like, the needles. needles the crack vials, the needles, yeah. all that type of stuff. I couldn't play because the my junkies. mom was like, no, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't go over there. No, and then, and then you got little kids that like to pick up shit like that, and guess what? And they get cut. How about poisoned? that? Poisoned, yeah. Heavy, heavy back in the day with us. Yeah. Them little kids used to always- Touch everything. Yo, back in the Bronx, back like 80s, 90s, man, that was not like a- Let me tell you a story, yo. So my dad gave me his car, right? My first car. It had bullet holes in it, man. What kind of car was it? It was a Ford Windstar. Okay. Oh minivan. shit, minivan. Okay. A minivan, right? Was it that blue one that they had? It was. Like- it was a. It was a gold color one. Oh, oh he no. had the Wu van. <laughs> so, so my dad is like, look, you know, he's like, look, son, I don't got much to give you. Yeah, the Jamaican Wu van. <laughs> he's like, son, son, I don't got much to give you. Like, you just, you just graduated. You became a, a, a soldier in the army. I'm so proud of you. I'm at least gonna do this. I'm gonna give you my car, right? I'll buy a new one. And I was like, thanks, dad. I was like, it's got bullet holes and shit, <laughs> but it's uh, I'm grateful. How did the bullet holes get there? Me and my mom were walking home, right, and we go in towards a um into the apartment complex, and bang, 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 bang. Mom, get down, get the like, whose car got shot up? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Now they weren't going after us because I wasn't like that, but like. My car, like my dad's car, got shot up. Right, you know what I mean. Just neighborhood shit. Yeah, we little. I'm was, a little kid. It was in the up. way. It right. was in the way. We were going to the grocery store, coming back, and like, that's not. So that's not the first violent encounter I had. 
you know, but that's like where I'm from. You know what I mean? Right. I understand what that world does to kids. I understand mm-hmm. what that world does to families. Right. It hurts them, man. You know what I mean? So I'm like, nah, you ain't gonna do that shit. Like that's that's what that's what my drive is. You, that's you, the cause. The little kids, man, in all the hoods across the country or across the world, you just have a different survival mechanism. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like kids around here wouldn't know if you hear gunshots hit the floor, right? But like a kid in Baltimore, you know, Long Island, the Bronx, yeah. they hit the ground. It's, yeah. it's different. Yeah. So you grow up that way. You learn to. You learn to get on the ground. The real, first time I seen somebody, right? Real quick. So here's what happened with the first one, right? The first time I seen somebody get killed. And I tell this story a lot because, like, my guys make fun of me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, one of my guys, he jokes around. is like, oh, you know, I'm from the Bronx. And, like, I seen somebody get killed when I was five, six years old. And I'm, he always jokes around about it. And I get pissed because that shit ain't a joke to me. But I understand not everybody understands. Absolutely. Right. So their mind is not to understand. Right. Absolutely. And they're going to make fun of it. Whatever it is, it's, that's just human nature. We can't get mad at that stuff. We can't right. get defensive at that stuff. So I learned, I learned to let Maturity is different. Yeah, I learned to let that shit go along. Even if he's he's mature, but like my point is, like they don't understand how serious that shit was to me. Right. I look out my window. I see it. I hear people arguing. I look out my... I hear the people arguing. I look out my window. I see the two people arguing. I see one says... I bet, bet. He goes and he comes back. Bat, 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 bat. I just see the flash of the muzzle and shit like that. And I'm like, you know, like a dumbass. I'm like watching with my wide eyes, like, oh my God. It's a movie. Right? My fucking dad comes in with his underwear, like, get the, yo, get the, like, he's in Spanish cursing, like, get the fuck down. What the fuck's wrong with you and shit like that? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, And uh, that was the, like, so the, the cops get there, like the dudes on the ground, the cops get there, they start asking all these questions, they ask all these people that I know that from the, around the way, and like, what happened? Yo, I ain't see shit. I'm like, yes, he did. It's like that scene from um, Bronx Robert De Niro. Bronx Tale, there yeah. you go, there you go. It mm-hmm. was like that scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, I should probably say something, right? You know, because mm-hmm. I'm a naive little kid. I'm, that's like, you better shut the fuck up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, stay the fuck up. Yeah, we right. live here. We live here. Yeah, son, and don't forget, Sonny's right there, son. Sonny, he run the blocks. So. Right, yeah, yeah. I ain't seen nothing, pops. I ain't mm-hmm. seen nothing. You did good, kid. That was the first time I seen somebody. <laughs> Not the last. Get killed. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's it's sad when you get used to that. It is when it becomes you your it, when it becomes bro. your norm. You it's know what sad I'm when you become numb to it. It's yeah. sad when everybody in society. Kind of just looks at it as it is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they don't have to see that shit in the front steps. And, right. Right. and that's why I'm like, you know what? I can't leave Baltimore. I can't. I can't. I got to try. I got to keep trying. There's other people here that are trying to do the same thing. Let's do it, though. Let's, let's just keep trying. You wow. know what I mean? That's dope. That is an insane mentality. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree. I know you do because I see you. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I mean, you know, to, <laughs> Hell yeah. to do what we do. You gotta be a little fucked up mentally. <laughs> Maybe. You just do. I mean, like Maybe. it's like that. Batman. Uh, a, a, a little bit of because what we endure, what we see, the regular, the normal person doesn't see. They don't see. Nobody it. has a taste of what we do. So, on a normal basis, but they're the first ones to say something, and it's like, and you have no clue. Like I, you know, we had that experience of the, the you know, may she rest in peace. You know, the person that they found in the harbor the other day. Right. Did you read those comments? No. Nah, what was they saying? They're like, oh, if she's in the water, her purse was on, like, on the street. You see how motherfuckers try to uh, piece together the puzzle of what happened? It's like, like, why are you even talking? Can you please 
you know, can you please leave it to the professionals? Right. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. it's so, like, they're so out of touch that it's, it's like. It's noise. Thank you. LT, question. Um, yes, sir. What you doing um, two tours, and again, thank you for your service, like, definitely. Um, can you explain the, uh, the two dichotomies of, like, being on the streets, growing up in New York, also seeing Baltimore, and then being overseas, seeing a difference, or is, is there a difference, or is it very similar? And, and then what do you think would be? There's something weird about that question. Um the main the, the, when you asked that question, my memory immediately went to one scenario where we had to escort these people to go pray in a church or something like that. I never understood the points of what we did sometimes, but we had to go escort some people that were important to go pray. Mm-hmm. And I was standing guard in front of the church or in front of the mosque. I'm sorry, is it the mosque? Yeah, mm-hmm. mosque. Yeah. And um, these, I was surrounded by a bunch of kids, like little kids, man, and. Um, and all they wanted was like my pen, like it was a fucking nice pen, like whatever. But that's all they wanted. But then they all started like s- s- grabbing me and swarming me, and I'm sitting there with my M4, I'm sitting there with the M9 on my chest, and I'm just sitting there with my like, you know what I mean? And I'm just like telling the the terp, um, the interpreter, yo, they, they can't, they can't do this, man, because it's dangerous. Like mm-hmm. they can't do this. And he's like trying to tell them to back off, but they're just so excited that I gave one the pen that they were just so. You know, and I'm mm. like overwhelmed with joy. A pen, yeah. yeah. A pen, like clay houses. You know, like it, it's a different lifestyle. It's a different mm-hmm. type of. But I understood it. Mm-hmm. There was something about it that I it smelled the same to me, and mm-hmm. I was like, even though this is like thousands, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of miles away, whatever. It's in Afghanistan, and this is a different country. But there's something that I understand where you're like, oh, something nice, like something cool. You know, like it looks. I understood that. Mm-hmm. You know. Growing up in the South Bronx, like when you grow up in, the, in that type of neighborhood, it's like you you understand why you kind of want something different. You know what I mean? But you have to accept that you're never gonna get it. Mm. So these kids, you know, like that really tripped me up. Um, and then like how how it's weird because some of these people over there were so appreciative of what we were doing for mm-hmm. them, and then like other people were like, "I hate you." Mm-hmm. I hate you so much that I'm willing to blow myself up to kill you. Mm. I am so committed to this cause that I am willing to destroy my life and destroy hundreds of lives in order to show you how much of a point I'm making that I don't like that you're here. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. that kind of messed me up a little bit. It was an interesting dynamic. You know what I mean? It's a crazy question that you asked. Mm-hmm. You know, my brain went there, though. That's what I thought. That, mm. I don't know if that answered your question. No, 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 because I always find that... Um, um, People that that have absolutely served and have been downrange, and then for people who come back and be police officers, you know, it's it's always different experiences, but they always say that it's very, it's very similar. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's very similar where you know it's kind of you know after military after police, but right. it's it's a mentality, and then the people and. You know, um, people are forced into certain ways because that's all they know. And, you know, that drug dealer or that person over there who's the 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 Lord of whatever it is, has already brainwashed them into this mentality to already hate you. Brainwash. Yes. So as soon as you come on, they see the uniform, they see the uniform, they see the Baltimore. It's already off the, you know, like yeah. I told them, it's I was a just negative like, thing. yeah, yeah I, I was like, it's a lot of mental health, like. Like you said, we just grew up and we all grew up that way where it's like, no, nah, it's just 
I don't like them. And then as soon as they do something to to verify that's like, see, I told you. But it's like a hundred things that you could have did extremely well. Yeah. But that one thing yeah. is just we're gonna hold on to it because it's the it's taught over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And people are just caught in it. And now with social media, they, they get it right at their fingertips. Yeah. And there's something that you said earlier that he chimed in on too. I wish I could play back, but like it's something that you said about like nobody like the amount of stuff that we're exposed to. It made me <sighs> instantaneously think this is why you're supposed to do this for only twenty years. This is why at the most maybe twenty five. Right. You are exposed to such an extreme amount of negative drama, trauma, stuff. <clears throat> it's it's so many negative encounters, so many negative things. Because it's like you don't want to be there to be negative. It's not like you're coming there to make things worse, but you are responding to somebody beating the shit out of their girlfriend. Their wife. Yeah, you man. are responding to somebody fucking stabbing their their infant child in a <clears throat> fucking eye socket with the fucking knife. You are responding to fucking people being murdered. Yes, yes. multiple days in a row, Absolute, multiple times in a day. Yes, you're yes. responding to all that, and yes. all these men and women wearing this uniform, they're trying their fucking hardest. Not all of them, man. Maybe some of them are just like BSing, but the ones that are legit responding. These fucking poor men and women, like they need to just like let, let them retire, let them do something different. I agree. Because Seriously. nobody's gonna understand. It's only so much you can come. I'm sorry, bro. It's only so much you can compartmentalize yeah. in the 20 year time of doing this job. Yeah, mm. and that's why a lot of officers don't make it after they retire. I was just about. That was my next point. And you know what's messed up, yo? What's like, the age? Mm. What's right. the what's like what's Where's the, scale? the limit? What, what, what it was, right. Know? Well, they say we have five years after retirement. Yeah, before we die of a heart attack. Absolutely. That's insane. Right. And you know what's weird is that I get defensive. So like when people came to help us after the riots and stuff, I was mad defensive. Oh, you here now? Like <laughs> I don't know what it was, and I I don't know that it was a healthy mindset for me. But I'll just it's how I felt. Like oh, so you here now? No, I mean, those times were crazy. They were crazy. It was insane. <laughs> but every day, sometimes every day was crazy for us, man. Oh, yeah. Running them streets during, the, like, when we came on, bro. Like, even now, it's still crazy. But you know what's crazy is, what's even crazier is we was just with the shits. <laughs> Full gear, no gear. It was fun. What's up? It's like, oh, bet. Me and you. Oh, oh you want to throw rocks? Me and you today? You throwing bottles? Bet. Hey, you messing with the wrong one. What? That's what we doing? All right, so you're doing the right. You a sergeant, right? You a sergeant? So I don't know if you remember. Where were you? I was at I was at the Western District. So I don't know if you remember, but there's a picture, right? There's a picture of the kids setting the fire in front of the CVS. Or is that the CVS? It was the CVS that they. It was, was right there on North Avenue. Yeah, North, so North and North. Yeah. There's a kid setting the fire, and then in the back, there's a line of cops, and then there's one cop. With like you know like broad shoulders with no helmet, that's me. I was standing in front and I was looking at this and I was like, I've seen this type of behavior before. I've seen this type of shit before. We cannot let them own that intersection. We yeah. need to go and take it. We need to take that shit now. Yeah, that's how we all felt. And they yeah. were like, no, stand down at 10 p.m. Two well. lieutenants and I'm looking at them like, yo, we have to take this corner. Right, we have to take it. It has to be ours so that we can give it back to them. And right. no. No, we're staying here. And then I just watched them destroy. I no, watched them destroy. It was, it was at 10 p.m. We will do the march or whatever. Mm. We're waiting for 10. We're like, yeah, it's about to Licking our chops. Like, this is the night that the car was doing like willies. Oh, my God. The dude got pepper spray. Remember that famous video? It was that night. That night. And it's, a like, horrible, it's a horrible. Gonna, it was one white shirt that I love. I forgot the gentleman's name. But when I tell you it was us, the SWAT, he was with the shit. Yeah. He was with it's, it. It's the one where the kid is like literally 
letting like they actually ATF like was looking for him, but he's like standing there and they got a good close up of him and the police are f- f- like blurry in the background, but he's got the lighter fluid and he's lighting and he's yeah. like smiling or something. And it was like a really, you know, it was a good picture for them. That picture is in the ATF. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that they used to pictures. try to identify him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They have a lot of dope pictures on their floor. But you've seen a lot. So it's basically the clear image is him and you see a line of cops in the back. And then you see one. If you zoom in, you see one with the shoulders and without the helmet. But Looking like a Ninja Turtle. Mm. <laughs> I just remember when I saw the National Guard on there and dude was protesting and they swooped that man up like it was a oh, they swallowed him up. Man, I said, and he's it just was, hearing, where'd he go? I said, Yeah. And you know you know what's crazy about that time? Like every district has their own little version of what they did and how we came together yeah. to like really pop off and like really minimize it was, yes. you know what? It, it was, it was so messed up. It was. It was messed up because you see, like your fellow partners getting hit with rocks and bottles, and yeah. they just passing out. You're like, oh shit, picking them up, falling. You know what I'm saying? And then you see some officers that they wasn't built for it. They wasn't like, built for that. We're humans, right? Like their brains were not there. And let me ask you a question: You have a brother or sister? Yeah. yeah. What would you do? If you seeing somebody throwing a fucking bottle at your brother, or your sister, you already know. That's a problem. I'm, I'm, you you already know. We're humans, yo. You oh, throwing you throwing bricks, man. You right. throwing bricks at my brother. If I seen you get hurt like that, I don't know how hard I would have to concentrate to not fucking go and do something back. Absolutely. Because you fucking hurting, bro. Yo, why are they doing that shit to you? Why? What? What did you do specifically, man? Exactly. Why are they hurting you like that? And I get it that there's pain on their side as well. I get all that, but why can't we just fucking communicate, yo? Yeah. It's crazy. It was a crazy time. Yeah, that was a crazy time. I mean, but even with all that, I still love what we do. Yeah. I because we with it. Every fucking day, bro. Every we day. And that we never changes. It. Yeah. I still love it. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at it like from a Ferguson and New York perspective, we should have seen the storm coming. And yeah. like there was an interview with the, the commission at the time. That did not age well. Like, it's not going to happen here or something like that. He was talking. It was like a one-on-one interview. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a right here or something like that. Not, it didn't age well because he said something like, it won't happen here. Yeah, he did say that. But we we saw the storm coming, and we probably should have done a little bit more to prepare for the storm. And the crazy thing is, we experienced it in 2015. And when they tried to do it again, we were not having it. You know, that's when all the city started really getting impacted by this. You know what I mean? Like when they laid the siege to that federal building in Portland and you see all like fires in in D.C., mm-hmm. all this type. You see all over the United States, all these cities are getting affected. They created that zone, no cop zone. Yeah. Ooh, what was it called? What was it called? Got- yeah, we used to talk about it in Seattle. Yeah. 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 The, the autonomous zone. Or the od- yeah, something like that, right? They changed their name like three times. So they tried it here. They got to a bank here, but SWAT said, boom, and they got them. Yeah. yeah, they arrested what? fourteen. They arrested fourteen people that day that they tried to do it again. It wasn't even in the news. And the yeah. most, immu- the most that amazing quick. thing, yeah, it wasn't. It was that quick, no? Because that's how you nip shit in the bud. Yeah, so you don't got to worry about that no more. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now but, our command staff said, you know, because during that time, everything came from command staff, and we could talk about it because they're no longer around. Mm-hmm. But what they said was hold back the riots. You mean during the riots? Correct. But like the new command staff now with with the, with the example you gave, they gave the decision making to the boots on the ground. Yep. Mm-hmm. Handle it. They handle it. Yeah. And the boots right. on the ground was like, we're not having it. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of cities started modeling. Yeah, you've been through some shit, right? You don't want to go through it again, bro. No. 
No, but if you, if you see yo, your no, brothers and sister getting hit with rocks and bricks, and all, you don't want to see it again. No, fact. But meanwhile, me and him were like, yo, we can't wait for this overtime. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go get it. But, but, but LT, so like for us first meeting, like you seem like you're very well read, and I love the general patent quote because like I read about them all the time, right. and history repeats itself. Right. So like you can ask H and, and Dre when they were talking about all that Portland stuff. I said, yo. Do you know the last time that happened? I said, yo, that was a civil war. Yo, you cannot do that. Just, yo, I cannot draw a circle around my house like, yo, this is my house and this house house. Right. And it's not a part of the United States. They're like, oh, word? <laughs> so we can treat you like a foreign like a foreign adversary right now. Like, and they could come in here and kill me and my family. And it's it's legal because I I'm no longer a part of the United States. Right. So I'm like, do they not grasp that concept? Like, they should have been in there, like, oh no, they're not US citizens. Cause that's what the Union Army did. Like, showing up, they was like, "No, nah, give me your property, bro." But that's they how they free them. people. Yeah, but, but they let they were allowed. They were allowed to. That's they crazy. Took, they took over a a, a a an entire police district. They had what a six block radius, yeah. bullying the store owners, the business owners, making them pay ransom. It's crazy. Yo, H, how did those cops feel? Yo, <laughs> yo, LT, I have no idea. How did those cops feel? What? Man? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. No, you can't. You know how I felt. You saw yeah. it. You saw it in 2015. Yeah. But that shit was different. But that's why I went. We tried to get one of them on. And they shit ain't when last. They tried to do it again. It did not happen. And nope. That's, and, and, and I will respect the command. They said, you know what? We're going to do it the right way. Let the troops on the ground make the calls. Right. And we're going to. Our role is to offer support. That's it. And that shit didn't come. I mean, they got a bank. You know what I mean? They got the bank. Yeah, they did. But that dude went to jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? They did an That's amazing crazy. job, but it's like it's sad because you see all the other cities kind of going through it. You see the videos in New York of uh, the cops getting soaked, the cops getting attacked, yeah, the sneak shots, yeah, from mm-hmm. those cowards that like to do that nonsense. Right. I remember. Did you guys remember that video from Monument Street a long time ago, um, where this dude snuck up on the cop and like snuck him? Yeah, it was a it was a white cop. Do you remember? You know, you I don't remember. remember. No. There's a video. It was like, and I don't even know that like it was social media was famous at that time, but it was Monument Street, Baltimore Police on their best bullshit or something like that. That was the name of the video. I don't remember. But this officer is like trying to arrest somebody, right? And they come up. This one dude comes up, sneaks like just from behind, just boom. And then like it was a, uh, it went, I mean, for the day it was pretty viral, but I guess now it's like. I remember it. The dude had glasses. That's who you remember, right? Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> That's what we call him in the East, the Kung Fu Panda. Because he came and he said, nope. He responded and he just said, nope. Boom. Mm. You got to see that video. You, you know who he's talking about. You do. You do know who he's talking about. If you see his image. He left a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then the Wasn't tooth, having his, it. His war face, you know what yes. I mean? Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He came around these parts Yeah To where we're at right now So other cities are going through This crazy stuff Like they're getting snuck up on And they're getting attacked And all this type of stuff And we're just sitting here like We get it We've been through it ourselves Yeah Yeah You know what I mean But it's No go ahead But it's what But it's still sad It's always sad But you know We prevailed Better trained Better suited You know Better trained Yeah are we? I honestly, I mean, 
Talking to other. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we kept it real here. I'm no, sorry. No, no, we do keep it real. Talking to other departments. There's a lot of officers that haven't even hit like doors. Mm. Like here, we do that all the time. Yeah. What we lack is technology. That's true. Making the job better. But as far as like doing the job, the people here do it every day compared to most cities. Because like a big city, right? A big city that everybody models on the East Coast. They have specific units for specific things. Right. Whereas here is like, yo, I'm short. You pull somebody from patrol to go hit a door and that. You know what I mean? Right. He gets that experience. Right. And like you said, he's now he getting the taste. You know what I'm saying? There used to be bad times. They'll be like, yo, we need him at roll call. They'll be like, we need him. Come bang on this door. And then he's back answering calls. If I'm on a fight in the street, I want that man. Yo, right now. I, I want to, that man. I ain't here to play when he, games. When he's just offering you love by shaking your hand and giving you pound, it kind of hurts a little bit. Like, you feel it in the... You be like, ooh. You feel it in your skull a little bit. You've been knocked <laughs> out a little bit. <laughs> but that's how much love he got to give you, and I love it every day. Yeah, you know? Every time absolutely. I see that dude, he gives that love, I'm like, yo, right, it, wakes it you hurt, up. but it was worth it, man. It I love you to up. see you, brother. You know what I mean? Always. But there's a lot of departments out there that not a lot of guys do a lot of things. Yo, so, when it comes to experience, man, we are the shit, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to experience, when it, like training, all right. But when it comes to experience. But you also got to remember, like, it's a tough town. Like it is. That that's what I was gonna ask you. They're different. But y'all said that too, though. And from you coming from military, mm. can you everybody everybody that comes in from the military? Can you break down the difference or more training that you would like to see as far as bringing some of that over to any police department? That or is an even excellent question. That is an excellent question. When you come back from Afghanistan, you have to go through a series of briefings, right? Mm-hmm. And there's two bits of briefings that I want to talk about. One is driving and driving motorcycles. They are actually training you to remind you that you are not invincible because you survived. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please wear your seatbelts. Please, please, please do not drive your motorcycles in a reckless way because you are not invincible. You can die. Mm-hmm. They tra- There's a whole training segment on it. A beautiful, wonderful thing that they're doing there because they're trying to do everything they can to get us to understand that they have studied this. And they have understood what psychological effects going to war has on a human mind. So that's one bit of training, right? The other bit of training is you have just been through something and you have to talk. Mm -hmm. You have just been through something. You have to talk. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your friends. Talk to your people. If they're noticing anything weird about you, you have to say something. Because there is something that you have experienced that is not a normal thing for the human mind. That's what the military did. They 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 studied it. They signed like they put the science behind it, and they said, "This is let's put this in a curriculum. This let's give a briefing to every single soldier that comes back from Afghanistan. From Afghanistan. That's how serious they take it. Mm-hmm. They train you on everything. Mm-hmm. We come out here when we came up, mm-hmm. and go get some FIs. Go get me some stats." Go get it. Go mm-hmm. get it. Well, well uh, I'm not going to be tricked. Right. Yeah. Well, well, uh, you want me to just to help me? You, know, you want me to just uh, you know. <laughs> and right. And go get me some stats. Go go do That's what crazy. you do. You know what I mean? And it's like, again, I don't like to point the finger. I don't like to blame because at the end of the day, that's just it's negative, man. Let's just figure out what we could have done better and let's go do it. You hey, know what I mean? hey, I'm a civilian, <laughs> and and seeing and and talking to you all and talking everything. 
I know politicians don't want to call it a war zone, but when you're losing three and four hundred people a year and you're not losing three and four hundred people in some of the countries we're going in. And the last time we've lost this many people has been in like like you said, in in Afghanistan and some of the bigger wars, like we have to start treating our soldiers, meaning the police officers with more training, Mm -hmm. because, again, um, me just being around them for for two years in our group chat. Perfect example. When the guy when they were helping the lady with the domestic violence and, you know, the other officer was turned, they were just helping her get her clothes out. And then the um, the, the boyfriend, came the boyfriend in. came in the house. That was in NYPD like domestic. I know Dre was smiling from ear to ear like that's my guy because I'm sitting there telling them I'm explaining to them like, yo, do you know how trained you have to be to get hit? drop and return fire the average dude is not doing that you're gonna you your natural abilities are to freeze or to run they knew immediately drop to the floor boom they both got hit other dude you know i'm 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 hearing h cover the other dude cover boom boom he immediately training kicked in so i said damn that was a dope ass person that trained them you know what I'm saying, F- and words. I'm just. They tell us that when I remember going through the range here, they'd be like, "If you do get shot, it's not the end of the world. You're still in the fight." E E all day. So you're still, still in the I fight, that, monster. So, you know, he like if he saw me, he would know who I am. But like my name, he probably wouldn't tell you. But I love that man. Yeah. So they, we 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 yeah. were trained that way. You are still in the fight. There was one example. I, um. He used to work with him. I believe he got hit in the head, and they said, "Go lefty." Yeah, switch the you gun got, the you other hand. You, you can got, still your shoot. Left arm works. Yeah, and that's how Baltimore City officers, when we came out, mm-hmm. that was our mentality. Mm. Those are heroes, right? So stop that's it. stop it. So nah, where can the knowledge of like for the last two years of tapes? How can that turn into training to everybody? Because Every army, if you talk to everybody from the army, they're going to, from God knows how old to his age to younger, they're going to spit information that's all the same. The, the, the training's going to, like you said, you talk to Marines, they're all, they're built a certain way. You can see them, haircut, da-da-da, how they sit, how they stand and forth. Yo, and that's training, yeah. training, 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 training. Right. So how can we get, you know, all this knowledge so everybody gets it in the training is similar to y'all so even you know officer and huckleberry blah 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 like right. i got trained by baltimore city i got boom 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 i know how to deal with this i mean i think it's it's above us mm. it's, it's not it's not it's not above you that's a good mindset because he's thinking like we have to fall to the responsibility of like get no think like a captain think like a major think like a colonel Think like you are what you feel must be done. You have to. Mm-hmm. If H, if you don't do it, who else will? No, nah, you're right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're right. I understand that because I felt the same way for the longest time. I'm like, well, it's, it's about, we can't, nah, fuck, nobody else is going to do it. We've got to do it ourselves. That's a tough t- question. You got a lot of tough questions, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but when you process information, right, mm-hmm. you, you collect raw data, it turns and converts into, you know, like information and then it turns to knowledge and then it turns to wisdom. You have to go across the board and see what's going on and then see what you can do to fix it without the bias, without the intent of, oh, we're going to be community police. No, we're going to be police. We're going to make sure that these guys do it right. These guys and girls, they're going to do the job. They're going to do it professionally. And they're going to do it right. But we have to instill them the proper training. 
that creates heroes. You know what I mean? What I mean is, what I mean, let me elaborate mm. when I say it's above us and our respective positions that we're in now. At, at one point, I was in the academy, so it's easier to start new trainings, develop a new curriculum in reference to helping and training these new officers, mm-hmm. even for in-service for the older officers that come every year. Mm-hmm. But since we're in two different positions, we're in different spots, different units within the department, it's hard, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to implement that because I'm not there no more. Mm-hmm. But that's why, you know, we do what we do. That's why he's lieutenant for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why we can pass it off through every interaction with the young officers and even older officers. You know, just talking with them, giving them a better perspective on moving forward with things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That'll make things easier and the transition moving forward. But like he said, we always got to do our part, which we try to do every day. Mm-hmm. We're speaking to these officers, even the new officers, because the biggest thing is the new officers. We got to get to them because they're out there, mm-hmm. they're grinding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, and that's so, what I'm trying to say. Even mm-hmm. though, right, it's beyond, it's not beyond you. What you're doing here is so interesting, brothers, because you're giving yourselves a voice, and in turn, you're giving cops a voice. Right. You are a powerful person. Some of the most powerful people in the agency are just cops who are like have that like gift of gab who could influence. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean. Like he, you know, I agree with what you're saying. It makes sense. You elaborated. It makes a whole lot more sense you know what i mean i don't think that you were one of the instructors that would teach people to be afraid to go out in the street absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not but that happens yeah seriously right now nobody wants to work drugs right now it's not a popular concept i don't want to go work the drug unit i don't that district action team i don't want to go work ops because i'm going to get indicted you know what somebody said this is messed up yo and this is going to affect y'all i hope it affects so there was a person that said to one of my guys, one of you know, one of the guys that works drugs, he said, Yo, how do you get all these guns, man? You know what I mean? Like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And he's like, Well, you know, I look and I see, and then I, you know, characters on person training. I've been through that. Um, car stops, and then I, I know how to develop reasonable articular suspicion, I know how to develop proper cause. And the guy's sitting there shaking his head, like, Oh, okay. I just want to know what you was gonna say because I wanna I wanna I wanna be able to remember that when you get indicted. Mm. Hmm? What? Oh shit! And this cop—I was not expecting this that. cop came on when with body worn cameras. Like he yeah. never experienced the taste of what we tasted when we didn't have cameras. He came on with cameras. Everything that he's ever done enforcement wise has been and audio and video recorded. He's still a cop. He ain't get indicted. He ain't get fired. You know what I mean? He's been investigated because people don't like to get arrested and sometimes they complain. But. This this guy said that to this 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 guy this you know who's a hero in my book, and he said that to me you know like LT this you know he I said that shit and fucked me up and I was like that shit hit me hard bro a, a cop say that, that to another cop and you know that he's not dirty he's a good cop like yo he works solid he he for real right to tell you that to somebody to say you that so then I'm sitting here and I'm looking at his soul and I'm seeing that that shit hurt him a little bit so then I told him I showed him a two minute clip of a. Uh, a video, right? Because it made me think of it instantaneously. There's a video of a bunch of hyenas around a lion, right? And they're all trying to bite him. They're all trying to take him down and shit like that. And the lion's just standing there. He's not scared. Mm-hmm. He's just standing there. And the good thing about this awesome video is that another lion comes and all these hyenas run away. Mm-hmm. And I showed it to him and I was like, that's all it is, bro. 
They could make all that noise. They could say whatever the fuck they want. But you a fucking cop. Yo, you a Baltimore City police. You put fucking bad guys in jail. Legit. No fucking GTTF bullshit. And you fucking show them the way. Let them look from the side and laugh and fucking yelp and whatever they want to do. But you do not let that disturb your fucking pride. Mm. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Because that's the atmosphere that we're getting into a little bit. Right. People are like, oh, they're going to get indicted. If you work drugs, you can't, you, you're going to get indicted. And I'm like, yo, you don't know anything about these dudes, man. Yeah. Talk to them. Get to understand them. Know their families. Know their heart, yo. They're fucking heroes, bro. And you hear saying that shit to them? Nah, man. Nah, man. Mm -mm. That shit kills the mood for anything. Mm. Yeah. You could yeah. be pumped up and a motherfucker say that. It make you want to go hands on him. Like, get the fuck out I'm going to be like, yo, take that fucking Yo, go somewhere, off. bro. Right. He got a gun a day later, yo. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you can't break that. Nah, never. But see that those are the negative Nancys on the department. Right. But that's what that's like, crazy. That's bro. what pussyfying the police departments <laughs> across the country. That's what happens. Community policing is a weird term to me. That's like saying mm, wet water. You know what I mean? Like, right. If you're mm. a good cop, if you're a good police department, if you're right. legitimately doing the job, right? <laughs> if you're legitimately doing the job, right? That's the best thing that you could do for that community. A hundred percent. If you're doing your job, that's what you're doing. Your community policing. So you don't need to say that to soften the blow. Tell them the truth. Let them know the real. Now, can I get to the question that I asked you earlier? Let's get it. How do you feel about stopping first? There we go. As I was saying before, I think it just depends on certain communities. So if mm. you're looking at. If you're looking at a community and it's a high crime area and the point is to target high crimes. So, again, I've never been in your shoes, but looking at reading books, studying, being on the federal side, analyzing information. I'm going to analyze and say if it's been 10 murders in this one area and you see that there's an increase in murders, what are you going to try to do? Reduce murders. Mm. Reducing murders means you're going to have to be on the streets. It means that you're going to have to be present. It means you're going to have to talk to people. Preach. It means that if you see somebody doing something like we got to keep it like the problem with us, with with us, meaning in our black and brown communities, because I've never been white. So I'm just speaking. I'm speaking truth to it. Right. We know who up on the corner, who doing what, what they doing when they doing it. Right. We we understand it don't take anybody in here to be a cop to know, yo, Rolling dice, something happens, something nine times out of ten, something gonna happen. If it ain't gonna be a fight, somebody gonna pull something out, whether it's a knife, whether it's anything, or somebody's gonna come back. Regardless. So now putting that hat back on, where what we're doing and the things that we're trying to do, we're trying to reduce certain things. Right. So for me on the federal level, I'm trying to reduce so everybody can go home and do what they're trying to do. Right. For you all, you're trying to do that on the local and state level so you can reduce. So it I'll, I'll say it just depends. Right, so right. you can't, I don't like the fact. So like, so, so like my guys have told me like, just in general, certain things will happen. Where it'll be like, well, we're going to disperse police everywhere. It's like, why are you going to disperse them everywhere? You know where the crime is. Right. Disperse them to the crime areas. Like, yo, be like, sometimes you know, I tell people the truth. Think. But it, that's <laughs> why that, listen, shout to my frat brothers, but they told me I need to be a politician. I told them I can't do it, dog. I can't because I can't. People don't really want the real. They say they do, but they really don't but that's want. That's brave it. to think and say what you're saying. That's mm. brave. But I've always, but for us to be where we are, we've always have to like, for for us to like, we've seen everything. 
But we've always wanted to go, when everybody else was going left, we wanted to go right. Everybody right. else wanted to go right, we wanted to go left. And it's those small things that we did in life that just say, yo, we always put one foot in front of the other. Right. But it's just, yo, I can't rock with all of that stuff. I just can't. And I respect it, but when I'm doing my job, so like when I was a commissioner, yo, when I'm doing my job, I'm doing my job. Right. You getting mad at me, like I'm doing something different. Like, yo. You did. Like, right. I used to break down to the young boys like, so this was your first day on the job? Well, let me explain to you what your job is, hustling. Bro, you might get a lot of money. Did you understand that somebody might run up on you? Did you understand that you're going to get arrested and you're going to owe somebody that money? Yeah. Did you understand that you got to pay for a lawyer? You got to pay for your baby mother to stand in the foot? Oh, so you put... So basically, when I cut down what you made in a year, bro, you might as well go work at McDonald's. You're only making like $5 an hour. One dude that I said that to was like, I never thought of it like that, Mr. Commission. I said... Bro, because I'm from where you from. Mm. So, like, nobody tells you the hazard pay, though. You never got that part of the story. You got all the glory days. You saw that. Nah, I saw when people was coming home. You know what I'm saying? I saw when family members and everybody else was missing that. So, when it comes down to, to stop and frisk, I say it just depends. But for high crime areas, you know, just like you, when, when, when I was younger, absolutely. But as I'm getting older and mature and understanding, yo, our communities are dying. And and the, the things have to keep like it 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 has to change, but more than just one thing, it has to be several. You know what I'm saying? So 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 like OG came in, um um peanut. Yeah, it's not just the police; it's the community. It's not just the community. It's the is is the grandmothers. Is everybody else? We all gotta take our kids back and be like, no, nah, you can't do that, and you can't be scared to meet them at that to say, no, nah, yo, that ain't the way. That's called accountability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Dre, you know, it's complicated with the answer to that. I know, you know, how you feel about stopping first was not a tough. Like, I don't think that's an easy question to answer. Um, and Dre, I think you know this because you're an investigator, but pressure, you know, can cause perversion. It can cause like a de a deterioration of what the intent is, right? I think what happened with stop and frisk is that it turned into quotas. It turned into stats. It turned right. Into Right. The original concept, the original idea behind it, right, was bought over by um oof, I'm gonna be ashamed because I can't remember his name, but this sergeant was brought over from the transit police mm -hmm. by Bill Bratton, who was the commissioner of the NYPD. What was his name? I don't remember. So he's like, Hey, you know, then this is this idea gets introduced and um Bill Bratton comes back. So he Bill Bratton, um, you know, he gets put out as the NYPD commissioner. This is like during like what, the eighties or the nineties? So it's the early on. When, whenever early Giuliani got hired, he's the one that brought Bill Bratton over from um, from uh, I think Boston, but I think it was from the NY um, the Transit Police Chief. Mm -hmm. So Bill Bratton, you know, got taken out by Giuliani because he was being way too successful. He was on the cover of this magazine, you know, and they were like, "Oh, the credit's going to this commissioner, not to this mayor." Mm -hmm. Giuliani, being the clever you know politician that he was, was like, "Yo, we can't have this." Yeah, wow, Bill Bratton. Mm -hmm. He brings Bill Bratton back. He, no, the New York City brings Bill Bratton back. He's and, like the creator of Comstat, by the way. Right, right. Like, well, Jack Bratton is super. Yeah. But yeah. he brings him back, and and Bill Bratton is like, this is not the stop and frisk that I implemented. This is not what it was supposed to be. This is not the way it's supposed to work. You're not doing it correctly. And I'm guessing that they there's two things going wrong, right? One is that they submitted to the pressure. Are you doing enough Stop and frisk. Mm -hmm. Are you doing enough stop and frisk? Two, they, they could no longer articulate what they were doing. You know what I mean? All you see is black and brown people are getting stopped. Mm -hmm. You're racist. And then it's like, 
it's become such a sensitive subject and such a touchy thing like that you how do you respond well i'm sorry right instead it's like no i'm not racist man how many people are dying stop and frisk has saved several thousand like hundreds of thousands of lives it has. Mm-hmm. It's not a popular opinion. It's not a popular thing. It's just you cannot submit to the perversion of the pressure behind it. Right? Mm-hmm. Close your case. Close it. Close it. Close it. Close it. Keep closing. Close your case. Close it. Give me a clearance rate. It's like, fuck. All right. All right. Let me just. No, 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 no. Fuck all that. Forget the pressure. Just work the case for real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. In, in police work, I, I got two things. In police work, um, with the whole. Quotas and numbers. I'll bring it back to when H and I used to work. We were heavy on the army presence. Mm-hmm. We felt, yes, I did not get you a gun today. <laughs> yeah. But I prevented. We prevented, I'm sorry. Yep. We prevented a homicide on two posts, 13 and 15. Right. Same thing for like the whole sector one at that time. We were not heavy stat driven. There was times that we got into stuff. With certain supervisors because we weren't turning in the numbers that were, mm. you know, they sexy. But did, I, but did I catch any bodies? But there was did no bodies. But gone. there was no bodies. There was no ag assaults. A B and E happened at four in the morning. I'm sorry. Then, sir, you succeeded in My your mission. Fault. Thank you so then much. We succeeded in our mission. That's one thing. The second thing is stopping fricks. In my opinion, it does work. It does. Anybody right now, you can go to YouTube. Right now, in any hood, everybody's carrying a gun. <laughs> Am I wrong? Everybody Burners, carrying a gun. Everybody <laughs> has a gun right now. You know why? I can't stop and frisk you. Mm-hmm. You, di- it's plain and simple. I'm gonna get away with this. They can't stop me. I'm supposed to carry a gun. And I'm going to shoot at the guy across the street because I feel like it. When back in the day, you could pinpoint who displayed the characteristics of an armed person. It's like he stood out. Right. But now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Bro, I drove out to my old hood. It's everywhere. Like, just to hang out, just talk to my one of my older cousins, just to see how she was doing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She always keep her ear to the ground. And we all know this, but for the for the for the lay person, the person that don't understand what's going on, yo, y'all don't know how many robberies are not <laughs> recorded. Drug dealers, people Get that wanna be street people, that time. wanna be this, that, right. and the fourth, or people that quote don't wanna snitch. Yo, that's three, four, five, six, seven. Just in an individual crew of three to four people every day or more. Like Three times a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? So eventually, those kids that might be good or might be this, that, and forth, eventually going to start getting tired of doing that. So as Dre said, they're going to start carrying heat. And then it's going to start elevating because now they're going to get a little power with it and you, you're going to start robbing me. And then, like, people don't get that. You know what I'm saying? Because this is the stuff that's unreported. Ask one of them dealers, do you know what conflict resolution is? They're going to be like, what? Conflict what? Yeah, I don't understand. But let me just say something to, like, <laughs> You know, they say, oh, my God, shootings are up, but we're doing great because homicides are down. (laughs) Let me just tell you something about the shooter that's out there right now. These shooters, right, because it's everywhere, they shoot from across the street. Whereas when we were working and back in the day, that shooter was up close and personal and made sure that the job was done. That's why the homicide rate was much higher back then 
Mm-hmm. Where now is you get your little three hundred. Well, back then, I mean, if you look at the numbers of any city, they were up like 600, 700 because they made sure that the job was done. So what I say that to say is that these kids, they, they play Call of Duty and you can shoot. Bah, 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 bah. It's easy to shoot, but the defects of like a shooting a person, they don't see it. They don't feel it because while they're shooting and the body like is hitting the floor, they're running away. But not only that, but you also shot. Somebody's grandmother. Yep. He also shot Mackenzie a Elliot. little kid. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Can I piggyback? Because you're not because you're not a professional at it. So put the guns mm-hmm. down. I'm dead serious. Mm-hmm. If stop it, Fricks, we can stop that kid that, you know, there was there was a rapper that said, you know, first time I did this, my hand was shaking. There's plenty of kids out there that are shooting the gun for the first time because they feel the pressures of the street. And they're shaking and they're hitting everyone but the target because it's really not them. Mm-hmm. If the stop and fix was still available, if they as soon as they're carrying the gun, you can see that they're nervous. You can see that their heart is beating out their chest. And that's a gun arrest where you can save a life. Yeah. And he's probably like, damn, thank God you caught me because now I don't look like a bitch to the streets because I got arrested. But thank God I didn't have to kill nobody. Or shoot someone. Good Let point. me ask you a question. What would the homicide homicide rate be like if they succeeded? If all those shootings were successful? We'll look like we'll look like Baghdad. We'll, mm-hmm. like Brazil. It'll be Beirut, man. Mm-hmm. It'll be like almost nine hundred. Could you imagine like like so a lot of people don't pay so the, the media and like all that stuff, we never pay attention to the shootings. We always pay attention to the homicides. homicides. If, like, people knew, right, if they paid attention to the shootings just as much as they paid attention to the homicides, and even worse, like, if we didn't have such great medical facilities in Baltimore. Mm. Oh, let's not even talk about that. <laughs> Say that again. How many homicides will we have in the city? Right? Yo, no lie. No lie. Me doing shootings. I want to say last year we had, what, three homicides. How many homicides? 2020. Um, 300 and... 30, no, 40. So it was like three. three it was like 340. It wasn't like 345, but it was like 340. Let's say 339. No lie. If I'm not mistaken. And don't quote me. But like shootings were like maybe nine, nine, yeah. eight. Like nine. It was in the it was in the hundreds. Nine. Nine hundreds or something like that. Combine the 340 to the 998. Mm. Yeah. Let's give them 50%. Let's say that out of the 900. Let's say 900, just for argument's sake. Like, let's say out of the 900, let's cut it in half, all right? So you're looking at what? Four, Five, 540? So, no, four, four, yeah. four, four, 450. Right, right. So let's give them 50%. 450 plus 340. So you're going to 400 in addition to 300, and that's the homicide rate. You have to pay attention to the shooting rate. You have to. That's a failed The media homicide. needs to report on that, and like, as much as ugly and as negative as it is, we just need to have the real deal. Have the uncomfortable fucking conversation. There you go. As as tough as it is to talk about that shit, yo, Horn, I'm pissed that you did that. As tough as it is to talk about, like, yo, I don't like how you did that. As as difficult as it is to have that and awkward it is to have that conversation, have it. Because then maybe you have room for growth. Maybe you have a room to build something. Bingo. You know what I mean? No, I was just going to continue to talk about shooting. That's fine. I mean, they just, yo, they just shoot broad daylight. They shoot and run. It's not like 
And do they talk? I no, but no, yeah. talk, no. I hate to say it, like it's not like back in the day shooters. Like those dudes were like hardcore. They got up on you, mm. and it was like, you know, let me make sure this is you. Now it's like, and and that's why all the shootings are up. It's insane, because now you got innocent people getting hit that have nothing to do with what's going on. Of course, just reckless, man. And bullets, man, bullets do something awful to the body. McKen- Mackenzie Elliott's uh, killer is in jail now because of great police work. You know what I mean? But that little girl really fucking got killed, bro. In the city that's paying our fucking bills, that's giving us the ability to pay and do the thing, make that money that you're talking about. And that's the type of shit that fucking drives me. And may she rest in peace. Because it's like oh, the people, one weakness that I have, the things that people say about me that like... That I care for And that care for me Or like just work with me It's like Yo that man's gonna give himself A heart attack Like that man He fucking cares way too much He's just gotta turn that shit off Sometimes And it's like I get it It's true I do gotta fucking learn How to distance myself From like But for growing up In that shit I understand too much How the fuck it feels yo You know what I mean That shit is fucking hard Fucking knowing that Motherfuckers are getting Shot People are getting Fucking murdered And I'm just sitting here like Maybe I could've done Something to fucking Prevent that one You know what I mean Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, fuck. Don't have the weight of the world on your shoulders, baby. No, no, no. It's And the, the beautiful thing about that, and the one thing that people kind of don't understand about me is that it ain't on my fucking shoulders. It's on ours. Mm-hmm. The one cool thing that in the academy that they had us do is, remember when they had us pick up those huge mats together yeah. as a class? Oh, yeah, over yeah, your head. <laughs> over your head. You remember that? Well, there was something interesting about that experience for me because I'm a short dude. You know, I'm not that tall. You're fucking towering over me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What I did in that scenario was I put my hands on your elbows and I put my strength into that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Other wow. people were laughing, right? They're like, oh, he's gay or whatever. They were joking. But the dude that I did that to was like, yo, it's helping. Because mm-hmm. hey. I saw all the kids in the class doing this, like all the dudes in the class doing this, <laughs> putting two fingers on it, not carrying the weight. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They laughing Because they don't have to Carry that weight oh, mm-hmm. Whatever I said nah That's not me man This is us You play like the support role And if I have to I have to Phenomenal spider Right right It is what it is But we gonna win Absolutely You know what I mean Cause we together We that's, gonna fight together That's the end result That's it So what made you uh, Want to become a lieutenant mm. And how was that transition I kept seeing things That I wanted to Help Like Not more like Help the street More like I understood that One of my strengths is One one of my strengths Is that I understand That in order to win this fight In order to drive crime down In order to go against crime As, as hard as we can We need the men and women And we need to stop Saying so much to ourselves That like Community 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 Yes Absolutely Absolutely so But we need to do something About the men and women That are trying to keep These communities safe mm-hmm. As a sergeant, I would try, I would try, and then it's like I get trumped, you know what I mean, by a lieutenant or I get trumped by a captain or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. And then I'll become a lieutenant then. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to tell me no as a sergeant? Fine. Maybe you're going to have a harder time telling me no as a lieutenant. But mm. at the end of the day, these are the guys that are going out. These are the girls that are going out and doing their thing, and we need to support them. We need to support. They're heroes, man. They're seriously the, the, the embodiment of heroes. They're trying so hard. Not all of them. It was a really good podcast with with, with Justin Fenton. 
Um, I've listened to two podcasts with him so far. Uh, the conversations that you guys had with him was so awesome, so down to earth, so chill, and it was so real. And he had another one. I, I encourage you to listen to it if you can. Mm-hmm. He had a podcast with this guy named Peter Moscow, and I think he talked about it during your podcast. It's on Twitter. You got to Google it or something like that. But if you got the opportunity, it's like 45 minutes long. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Taking a shit, just fucking listen to it or some shit, bro. But like, it's good, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the cool thing is, it's like seeing something cool and then seeing another dynamic of it that's even fucking cooler too. And that's what I saw. The, the first podcast that I heard with him was with Moscow's. And then the second one that I heard was with y'all. And I was like, yo, he's going to be on their show. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to love hearing this because I know that they like to keep it real with their conversations. Right. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Listen to that one if you can. Um, it, it's interesting to hear about the nightmares. It's inter- like So what I said on Twitter about that book was it was a great book about a terrible story. Mm. It was a nightmare. You know I agree. I mean? Look, I was naive, bro. Like, and my guys would tell me, like, my guys would tell you, right? Because they're like, when I was a sergeant there, they were like, you know, I always be like, damn, how are they getting these guns, bro? Can we get more guns? How? What are they doing? What, what can we do to get better? And then what, my, my experienced guy, DP, right? My experienced guy, he's got like 20 plus years. This this guy is awesome. He's got like 4,000 arrests on his belt. He's been a drug cop for like 15 years. Um, He's like, Sarge, it ain't what you think, yo. Mm. You know what I mean? And then when, it, when all this shit came out. He looks at me like, I told you. Mm-hmm. Right. But not in the way like F you, but like, like yo. he put his hand on my shoulder like, because I, I was hurting, man. That's our fucking uniform, bro. That's our badge. Mm-hmm. Those fucking vests are not supposed to be images of fucking demons. Those vests aren't people that are trying to fucking do that type of shit. Those vests are people that are going out and fighting, man. But these guys, they did this stuff and it just fucking put such a negative image on us and it fucking hurt my, it hurt, yo. It fucking hurt. It's like the ultimate black cloud. That's not us, man. No. It's another reason why this podcast was formed. Right. That's why I love this shit, bro. I love what y'all did. I love what y'all did. Give us a voice. Let them let the community know. No, we're not like that. That's not us, man. They're fucking criminals. They sh- you shouldn't call them cops because they're not. I can't believe it. When I read that book, I read a We Got a Monster. I didn't like it because it was very... It leaned more towards like uh, You know what I mean But like mm-hmm. Justin kind of kept it real And said just, Here's the facts He's yeah. what the fuck happened well, yeah, he did. And I read that book And I said Damn this is a f- Great book about a terrible Fucking story It's about yeah. a nightmare <sighs> Hearing hearing what they did And just like Making it like real It's just like Damn it broke my heart man You know what I mean Cause mm-hmm. maybe there was good cops there Who really just turned down The wrong path Right Maybe we could have been there for them. Maybe we could do more. Maybe we should learn from this and try to fucking build and grow. We're not going to fucking fall. We're going to fucking rise. You know what I mean? We listen to these stories and we know that this is like the wrong way. And let's just reinforce positively what we can do. Because you're a fucking cop, bro. I seen you out there and I knew I didn't know you solved that. But I seen you out there and I was like, I felt for him. Because the one guy that was there, the other white shirt was like, you know, why'd you come down? I'm like, because I heard the, the voices. Right. And I said, my God, those cops need help. I'm going, bro. I came from the northern. I went down there, and then I saw you. Like, my goodness. 
You talk about weight on somebody's shoulders. Go right. talk to a shooting or a homicide detective in Baltimore City. I seen this man and I felt the weight that he was carrying, and I was like, "What can I do to help? What do you need?" I don't know if you remember that. No, nah, I remember. You said whatever you need. I w- let me know. You need me to do knock and talks for you, bro. You need me to do the policy wrong. I, 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 I got you, man. <laughs> you said that because you. He's got some work to do. This brother's got some work to do. Man. Right. Five people. That's dope. Well, he's, he's talking about the um, the Fells Point shooting that mm-hmm. took place <sighs> in the middle of Fells Point, which is now it's closed. I, I won't talk about it, but <sighs> it was such a chaotic. I didn't get specific. Scene. I just kind of said general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. You know, no, that's my, it was yeah. such a chaotic scene. Like, what? Am I safe to say, fifteen hundred people out there? A lot of people. Imagine like having a shooting in the middle of Times Square. I wish he was there. You know what I mean? Like it's like one of those situations where <laughs> you got so much like unruly, like oh, lawlessness. Oh no, I just spoke to him <laughs> two minutes before oh, it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking Hell about. Yeah. Bring him here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, H, come on, man. Like, he come was, over. He you was know working. I mean? He crazy. was working. He wasn't there, but he was working. He's well, because he's a mountain, you know what I mean? You yeah. want a mountain on your side when you got these terrible scenarios. Yeah, Man. but, you know, he had a, a, a different uh, area of responsibility in the city, so he couldn't be down there. But, yeah, he was working, and we just spoke. He was like, yo, like, the night just feels good. But that's the bottom and I'm like, part me, yo. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's nice outside. And, and it's crazy, yeah, because we just... And then I was like, before that shit. we were on the radio. Yeah. I mean, we were on the phone and, and I was like, yo, I think I got a shooting. Let me call you back. <laughs> and I think I didn't and call. Boy, him. did you. Right. I, I didn't call him for like two days after that. <laughs> no, did but the know? area, like, it wasn't. No, I, I, re- I do that. remember. Yeah. And you came up to me and you said, whatever you need, I will get you whatever you need. And I'm like, I need. I got other people asking, why are you here? Right. You yeah. need to come here. I'm like, I can I remember, help you? Right. You got something to do? Like, I'm like, I, I was these... clearing, I was clearing it up because you his the crime scene was so like tainted at that point. He, I, he, he you see in his face, like he's like Jesus man, right? Like this hundreds I, of thousands. He he doesn't know what to do. I had and I'm just like, twerking yo, he on needs me. Space. He needs space. Yeah. He needs space. Yo, we got to make this like right. go. You know what right. I mean? And you cleared and it out. And then you got timid. You got timid people that are just like. And I'm like, Sitting there. okay, come on, yo. I'm like, yo, come right. on, you let's do this. Let's you gave him something to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then you had your crime scene, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? If there's one thing a Baltimore City police officer know how to do. Is set up a crime scene. Set up a crime scene. Set you know it what up. I mean? Yeah. And before that, <sighs> be, before, you know, there was people twerking and <laughs> he cleared it out. And I was actually, oh, my God, there's casings here. Thank you. That motherfucker was like dancing all over. And you got people twerking, though. Right. No oh, lie, yeah. it was like 1500. Look, I love the ladies. I love to see it bounce. But, bro, there's a time and place. Right. So, bro, I so wish fi- you were there so you could see. It was 1,500 people out there, at least. So, well, LC, really so since I met them. Face, but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so since I met them, I always like, bro, like, be safe, blah, 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 that's that in the fall. So, I always call him when anything happened. So, immediately when something happened, I know I'm calling him like, bro, you good? He was like, yeah. Nah, I ain't gonna sleep for about three days, right? He's like, I just hit you when you get home. Like, all right, I'm like, man. The thing thing that stuck out that night was his face. Like, everything that I saw, the thing that I remember going home, I just, I could even close my eyes and remember the face that he had that night. You know what I mean? And he probably don't know me from, like, you know, he's like, who's that dude from over there? You know, I know you, but. No, I know, but like that day, like, no bullshit. I could, even now, I could close my eyes, I could see your face, man, because I understand. I understand and, this. And it was, oh, yeah. it was a skeleton crew that night, and we oh, made it work. 
Because the word duty, you know, duty and honor, it means something to me. I know. I, I got a job to do. You know what I mean? Duty, honor, like you, it, it makes sense. You, you got know a job I mean? to Yeah. Yeah. Wow. One time I bumped into you and you was protecting somebody, right? And I was like, you know what I mean? That's why I want protecting <laughs> me too. You know what I mean? Like right. if I had somebody, that's as well, yo, I want him protecting me too. I see heroes in every single person uh, most of the time. Yeah, appreciate you. They come in different shapes and sizes. Yeah, they all have a different skill. Because everybody thinks you got to like. So when I came on, if you didn't work drugs, you wasn't really about shit. Right. Yeah. So one one lieutenant told me one day when I was an officer in the Eastern District because that's why I came up. So Mm -hmm. I went to the Eastern, got promoted, went to the Northern, and then I got promoted again and went to the Northwest. You know, Um, that's an interesting story too. But. So in the Eastern, I had my lieutenant come and tell me, like, yo, you could be a great officer. Really, you really could be a great officer if you just got more stats. <laughs> what? I mean, 10 years later, I became the same rank as him. But either which way, that shit, like, I was like. Huh? <laughs> like, did you just say that? Because it's like you said. Did anything happen? It was a 13 and 14 post or, 13, or 14 and 15 post? 13 and 15. 13 and 15 posts that anything happen, yo. Right. Did somebody fucking get shot? Well, that's some lady get fucking robbed. Right. Did anything happen? Nah, maybe a burglary, but I couldn't get to everything at once. Right. Well, domestic. We can't control that. Then I would be like, yo, brother, thank you for what you did. That's yeah. what I like to I like to say it every day. Right. Every time I see the guys that I work with, you know what I mean? And remember, they don't work for me. I work with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Facts. Every time I see them, I try my best to remember to say thank you for what you do. You know what I mean? That Even goes. on days where maybe they came in, they're a little tired, they didn't do as much as they should. You know what I mean? I'm still appreciative that you came in and you did what you could, bro. Yeah. Because you guys are fucking heroes to me, man. Seriously. No bullshit. That really, I really mean that. Wow. That goes a long way, man. And that's why you're in, you're in, you're in your position. Mm. Because you shine light and that just, it, it shines on everybody else. And they need that. Mm. You know, and they feel that. Especially coming... With that badge and that white shirt, that's exactly who I would want as a lieutenant, as a leader. It, and I appreciate you. A hundred percent. It's been documented throughout all the history. When you have a good general, and the general respects and treats their troops right, the troops were willing to lay down their lives. They will storm the beaches. They would. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. It don't matter. They were not supposed to win that. They won. Like right now, where I'm at right now, I will I will give my left pinky Mm -hmm. for the two sergeants I work for. Right. Straight up. Mm -hmm. I have full like freedom on how to work a case. And it shows in my clearance. Whereas I have somebody who's never worked a case. Mm -hmm. You should do it like this. You do the blah 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 blah. And then it's like you never worked the street. I know how to talk to people in the street. Right. I know how to get this person to tell me who shot him. I can't go at him with the nonsense you're feeding me to feed them. You fucking up my it, repertoire. It doesn't work, right. bro. I if see. you let me be me and do it the way you may not like it because that's not your style, mm-hmm. but this is what works. We'll get some positive, you know, reaction. Yo, so it one of, it's it. crazy that you say that because so one of my critiques is like, well, he he ain't never worked. CID, he ain't never worked DDU. Mm-hmm. How are you going to put him in charge? And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I ain't never been a detective in the sense that I investigated shootings, burglaries, robberies. But what do you have, though? 
You know the street. Well, you can't take that away from me. You know how to communicate. Love me or hate me. My biggest critics or the people that love me the most, I know those streets, man. You know I the came street. From that. Mm-hmm. But the other day, I was working with one of my senior guys, right? So they're like, you know, look, he don't know anything about that. But one of my senior guys, because I sat in the box for like a few hours with somebody. You know what I mean? It was me and, and the senior guy. And he's sitting there like, you know what I mean? Wow. You know how many people I've debriefed? You know how many people I've done flipped? You know how many people... You know how many street... Ca- so, drug dealers, hitmen, and people like that have, have worked with... The, like, the community helps. The community helps. Like it or not, drug dealers are part of the community. Like it or not, 100%. these hitmen are part of the community. And mm-hmm. sometimes something inside them help. Like, it's... it's they have a different code you have yeah. to crack. Yeah. When you talk to them. It's not like... Hey, my name is Sergeant. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Get the fuck out of here, please!" Right, right. Please. Ain't no way that's right. So like, let's say, let's say you was able to flip a plug. Stop wasting my time. Let's say you was able to flip a plug. There's no way you can do. It. Everybody tells you like you can't flip a plug. Try talk to him. Do you want to keep doing this? Do you know what happened down the block? And the human aspect mm-hmm. of them comes out, and they're like, "Yo." I, I could fuck with you, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're going to keep it. Prefer- like, we got to keep that. You don't work for me. I don't work for you. This is an agreement. We're working together. People have to stop dying. I don't want the poison either, but people have to stop dying, man. People have to stop dying. There's, there's a fucking six-year-old kid that just watched his fucking father get murdered, man. His father died in front of him. And he called 911. Mm. This has to stop. He's just sitting there like, tears... You're right. You're right. Mm. A fucking plug, like people that's, that you—they're code. The code is in them, yo. That's huge, mm-hmm. right? That's huge. And they're like, you know what? Fuck. And they talk. They tell you that is like their moment to like make all their wrong right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all redemption, go through it. Redemption. We talk redemption, about that. Redemption. Right? Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Great you work. I mean? Great work. Great work. And I respect and, that. I respect it. Everyone has it. Everyone has it. You just gotta tap into it. Damn, we got a, deep with me, man. That shit is fucking. That's real. A, that's real. There was a really messed up yeah. homicide that, um, as the drug sergeant, you know, like I was different a little bit because I didn't want to just get gun. I learned, I evolved. When I first got sergeant, right? Like, yeah, like my guys would tell you, like I wanted to get guns, I wanted to get guns because I said you stick out. But then I started realizing, getting all the guns in the world, it seems you don't, you're not feeling that in the street. Mm-hmm. I can get you 115 guns. I can get you 212 guns, right? But if I'm getting fucking like this many homicides and this many shootings and it's increasing, what am I really doing for you? Right. So then I started questioning myself like, what the fuck? Am I really a good drug sergeant? Am I doing the right thing? Fuck this. We have to figure some shit out. We have to help the homicide unit. We have to help the citywide shooting unit. We have to help the citywide robbery unit. We have to start figuring out who the fuck these people are that are fucking terrorizing and fucking making people feel unsafe. It's fucked up because, like, this one dude on Twitter said, I feel afraid of the police, right? After um, the Freddie Gray, after the riots, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm afraid. It's on, if you search for it, it's on Twitter with Justin Fenton. I think he quoted it or something like that, and I screenshotted it. But he says, I'm afraid that I'm going to get killed by police. You know what I mean? He says that shit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a popular term nowadays. And he gets killed like a year later. Not by a cop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up, bro. Because mm-hmm. you painting a picture like you the demon because of your uniform. Right. You're the fucking demon. You're the one that's terrorizing. When somebody said that shit on Twitter, like police are terrorizing the community. And I'm like, you want to fucking see terror, man? Let me tell you about the first time I seen somebody get killed. Let me tell you about the second time I seen somebody get killed. Let me tell you about the time that my fucking mom almost got shot right in fucking front of me, yo. You want to fucking see terror, man? Go to the fucking South Bronx. Go back in time and live through the '80s and '90s. Mm. Go fucking go 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 to school. Come home and see that your dad got fucked up in the train station because somebody wanted to rob his fucking wallet, yo. You want to see fucking terror, man? Go to the fucking hood and see what the fuck we live through every day going up in that shit, yo. Then you'll see a little bit of taste of terror. Or maybe go to Afghanistan and see where people don't gas shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But then you want to say that fucking these heroes are fucking terrorizing. No, man. Just because you got these fucking like seven or eight assholes that are doing some terrible shit doesn't mean that they fucking get to taint that fucking awesome badge that they wear, yo. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. No. Nah. Nah. Sorry. Nah, no. I can't, man. No. Not on my watch. Nope. Not on my watch. Fucking H with those words, man. You got some words. Man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Sorry, smooth, right there. Smooth talking, you know. And, and you know, off camera, I usually talk about like imagine like people like us. You know, because when the defunding the, the police happened at the beginning, like we were like, "Whoa, what's gonna happen?" Right? <laughs> I still got a family to feed. I knew that shit. So now you got down. now you got now you got men like us with skills. Mm. That's scary. Because you know why we wake up every morning? We choose to do right. Yeah. It's a question that I ask myself every once in a while. What would I do if I wasn't police? Ooh, that's scary. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, I tell you, it's scary. Even anywhere I go, like if I see something wrong, I'm like looking at shit. And my my wife be like, yo, you're not working. And I'm like, I know, I know. I'm not I'm not going to do anything crazy, man. Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. At but you just play it in your head. I'm going to be the best witness that you can find. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Nothing crazy. But I hate seeing terrible shit happen to people. I really mm-hmm. fucking genuinely hate that. And I know a lot of fucking my brothers and sisters feel the same exact way. 100%. Yo, these guys and these girls, they're doing their thing, man. Like, they're trying. And the thing is, we're evolving. If you... So, the, the challenging part about working with police is that we're not big on change, bro. Nope. I don't think that we like it too much. Nope. Right, we don't. That's, that's if I had to tell H, yo, bro, you have to start doing this differently. I'm going to have to critique you a little bit. H is a cool guy. He's going to be the type that's going to take it. But H is not like everybody. So, like, other people are kind of be like, well, F you. You know what I mean? Like, why are you telling me to do shit? Right. You're not going to say it to my face. Some of them do. But he's going <laughs> to say behind his, you know, behind my back, what the hell are you telling me to do shit, yo? You know what I mean? Why are you telling Could me you to believe? do shit? <laughs> Could you believe he said this? Right. So we're not big on change, but we have to evolve. We have to accept that. Like, that's true. We do have to change. We do have to evolve with the times. We have to get a little bit more different. But you don't have to fucking sugarcoat shit and say that it's community policing. Just say we have to get better at policing. We have to get better at being accountable. Holding ourselves accountable. We owe it to you, man. If you pay your taxes and you do all this stuff, we owe it to you, bro. You know what I mean? The hood got to get better too, and and the hood is just as conservative as everybody. They don't want to change either. True, I mean, I'm true just, victims uh, of all this is real. just the, the real citizens. So, like uh, with ENT, here's my problem with ENT a little bit. Right? Talk to me. I love them, and I, I, you know, a lot of the teachers are great, and so all the instructors are great and stuff. But I don't like that we're getting a lot of trainees that are afraid. And I went to one as I went to one training. Right, and we had epics together. 
<laughs> I have one. Trip. Wait, yeah, Epic style. <laughs> yeah, that must have been fun. I'm, What's I'm that? A, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of Epic because I understand what they're trying to do. No, I like it. it I was don't good. like the name of it. And no. when I I only taught one class, and then I heard something else about what they're doing. It's a little different. But one training I went to, I was arguing a lot. You know what I mean? Like you could tell the instructors were kind of getting kind of getting pissed because I'm like, hold on a second, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't sit here and say that you can't do that. You don't know for a fact. Train us in what the appropriate measure or their appropriate response but this training right now is geared towards don't do this don't do this don't do this and the good thing is from when i went to that training to when i went to the same type of training a year later it evolved mm. Mm. it changed and then when i went so i heard horror stories right i it heard did. horror stories about this training everybody's like yo they saying you can't be a cop no more man they saying you can't do shit no more that was a and part then, of that pilot program right so then i go to the training and look you can say what you want about me, but I know how to fucking go out in them streets and work, bro. So I went to this training and I'm like, I'm ready. I got all the policies lined up in my pocket, cop. I mean, I'm looking at everything and come to find out the training was appropriate. The training mm. was right. That's dope. It is not saying that you cannot do your job. It is saying that you have to be held accountable for when you do your job. Yeah. Mm. And you know what? We're paid to do that. Absolutely. Right. right. You know what I mean? The training was appropriate. It's just that we're so reluctant or we're so dismissive to change that we have to figure out how to communicate better to make people understand. It's not that we can't do the job anymore. It's just that we have to be better at holding ourselves accountable because look at these terrible things that happen. Uh It's like every week something fucking happens and you see a Baltimore City cop on the news for something. Always something else. Bro, and it's like it hurts a little bit, yo. (laughs) I'm like, well, goddamn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what is going what? on, man? Well, goddamn! Damn, bro. Like, Again? I don't want to open Twitter sometimes. No, like, yo, seriously, bro, seriously. I, I seriously don't even want to look at the news. There's <laughs> our turn it's something else. I'm like, fuck, just can't get away. We can't get away from it, man. What do you think? What do you, what do you think went wrong with the? You read the book? Yeah. What do you think went wrong with those dudes? I just think it's just like anything else, man. You give Agreed. anybody money. Power and respect and make you more of who you already are. I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer that you can't train it out of a person. You know, like like I, I was just telling them before you came in. Oh no, no, you were here. Like I'm in training right now. We're doing nothing but the psychology of how we analyze information. And the one mm-hmm. thing you find about Snowden, you find about this, that, and the four. They all narcissists. <laughs> Everything he says is I, 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 I. This I was a patriot. I was I. And I said, damn. I wasn't thinking. I said, yo, I'm reading books about him, articles. I'm like, and I'm talking to this guy as a PhD and this. I said, how can I, next time I look at somebody else's blah, 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 their profile, how do I do this? You got to first look and see, like, honestly, 15, like, most of our spies and everybody, 15, like, 15 times more than anything else. They're narcissists. Mm. I, I, I. Boom. Now that you just said that, look at homeboy. It, it, it ain't had nothing to the fact that he was, you know, shout out to the Marine Corps. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with the Center for. I, 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 I was doing this because of this. Um, somebody said, um, I think it was last week or, or whatever, he was the first one sending out info. It was uh, just, he was the first one sending out all the emails. I, 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 it was about him. Mm. That wasn't about y'all. Narcissist. Mm. Narcissistic behavior. Not like us swagged out. Narcissistic behavior nine times out of ten will get anybody in trouble. It will turn you into a terrorist, it will turn you into a domestic, local, anything. I think it's being tainted. I think it's peer pressure. I think it's 
not having the testicular fortitude to say no. Mm. So what's up? Did you know? Did you did you even think about those guys when they sent out those emails? When I, you know what? Because I don't know them. I know Me like like Wayne when he, when he came to the Northeast, and I saw how he got busy, mm-hmm. and it, I was like, "Yo, he know how he know how to get guns." Because mm-hmm. I saw in my own eyes. I'm like, "Damn, just like that." And this one, he was putting in work in the four by four in the Northeast, right, right. and just by seeing that, and 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 he put his hours in. Right. He'll come back district. He'll go run. You know, he's a marine. He'll go run. Put his. You know what I mean? And and that's how he had his squad. But it's like, damn. But then you know, once once all you that, see it, once you see it, it's like, oh shit. Because people think that we won't. People think that we won't like stop it. And the thing that's kind of curious about that, right, is like if we're supposed to be what we are. We don't like corruption. No. We don't mm-hmm. like evil. We don't like terrible fucking things. Yeah, we came here to do the right job. Right. right? The, but the problem is the perception. The perception of the public is that we allow this shit. Mm-hmm. During that time, we were all in the barn. Mm. No one in the barn knew. I know a, a lot of my friends were in that barn, bro. No one knew. And you know what they Completely said? Completely clueless. What the fuck did I do wrong? Yeah. Because they were put back on patrol, remember? Yeah. Were you so you were put back, you were put back in patrol? This bandit sent to like the farthest district away from my He house. said the same thing. What the fuck did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with that. I don't <laughs> that's the issue bro, that when I, I first the problem. Like Bro, when I first met him, he was racking like, yo, you work for the federal yo, how do I like he was trying to like increase knowledge of trying to and I'm just like Damn, are they killing like that? Because, you know, Mr. I used to be a commissioner. So I'm like, he was like, yo, I'm killing it. I don't even, I don't know what book to read. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Like, that's, that's, imagine, different. Ima- to answer your question, in my opinion, I feel like they did have that motorcycle course that you were talking about. <laughs> they, when you first came home. Yeah. They felt like they were invincible. Mm-hmm. For a moment, they were. <sighs> Seriously. Yeah. But reality hits you pretty but, hard, bro. But right. a lot of people, a lot of great people, a lot of great supervisors did not know. No, I was one of them. I was naive. I apologized to my guys. We did not know. You know what I mean? Because I was like, you know, I'm sorry that I was like, what? why were they so good? What Yo, do? You know what I mean? Now, like, being that we're talking about real shit, I was on the path of becoming an ATF agent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I worked hand in hand with them. <clears throat> when that happened, my my whole oh, swearing in uh, yeah. process gone because we See, were tainted. Yeah. We were all tainted by. And then the ink, next, it's a, a drop of ink in the water. Come and on. then the next time I got a call from them, they were like, "Yo, you aged out." Oh shit! Because I was, he'll tell you, I was getting ready to leave Baltimore City for when? the feds during that time because I had such a great relationship with the ATF. And they were like, yo, you should apply to us. Like, you're doing your thing. How do you but guys the, feel about people leaving, by the way? I mean, for me, it's like bittersweet. <laughs> for me, it's like, I guess you didn't hack it. But then I know a lot of, like, great cops. Like, my buddy Antonasio down in Howard County, he was a phenomenal. He would be up there, like, with you. Like, he, if he was still here, he would be a lieutenant. Mm. 
Bright. Well, I don't like. There's so many fucking great officers that so many that came that I, wore this badge. Honestly, left. I feel like it hurts more the department than it does them because there's so many people that so many good people that leave that I could still be here and bit. benefit. My fault. No, you're good, but it's a lot of them. You know what? It's the great ones that leave, and it's like, damn. But they have a good reason to sometimes, bro. No, yeah, no, they, they do. They do. But it's some of them that leave and want to come back. <laughs> they do, exactly. They leave and they're like, "Yo, you know what? The grass ain't green." Like no, this bro. is dope for like the family. Yeah. But damn, I wish I was out there right now with you guys. Right. Braggs is a big guy. Braggs left. Hey, it, and he it, came right back. So my sentiments, I'm still conflicted on that, bro. And like, I think that that's one of the negative things about me. Like, I'll be honest, that's probably something that I have in me that's not good. If I find out that you want to leave. I kind of just don't. I literally will forget your name. Mm-hmm. If I find out that you're the type of the guy that comes here, um, gets trained by us, gets molded by us, get the two you, years in and leave. Yeah, then I will literally like, bro, who are you again? Like, right? Because like you know what? I, I at first I was disgusted and I was like, why are you coming here and taking and not fucking giving back, bro? But then I was like, you know what? I kind of evolved to the point where I'm like, well, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I've seen enough shit in my fucking career here where I'm like, I, I get it. But I'm still not going to remember your name. Mm-hmm. But the I guys was- that want to stay here, we have to build something. We have to try. We have to keep the ones that... So there's this one supervisor, right? That the cool thing about, like, that I'm really proud of is, like, three of the people that have worked for me so far have been promoted. You know what I mean? I'm very proud of that. I'm very, very proud of that. Three Should of people, be. Three of the people work with me, right? One of them... I'm not sure that he's my biggest fan, right? But I love him. I love that he is such a dangerous element to the crime. He's such a dangerous element to all the criminals in Baltimore because he's, when he applies himself, he's very, very smart and he's very driven to fight crime. And even though he probably doesn't like me, even though he probably thinks like, oh, I'm just a jerk or whatever, I'm glad that I convinced him to stay. I'm glad that he took the test. I'm glad that he got promoted. Mm. You know what I mean? It's interesting to see the dynamics and how they play out and stuff like that, but I'm glad and I'm proud to say that some of the people that I've worked with me were intending to leave and stay with the agency. And we have to keep touching each other and saying, your turn, keep doing it. Keep spreading this Absolutely. Love. Stay keep here. Yes. Stay. Let's I love it. it. We both This agency on. has the capability, yeah, the capacity to be one of the best agencies. People should come here. Absolutely. To train. Yeah. Yes. To learn. Yes. But we're not there yet. You know what I mean? We're going to get there. Oh, I yeah. fucking hope so, bro. I will continue to work towards that. That's what I was going to ask you, LT. Put your Black Knight hat on. You know, shout out to the Army. Mm. How? I'm going to throw the question back at you. Why don't people leave the Army and go to different branches? Oh. Wow. And then apply that. And then ask, by asking that question, apply that to that. How, I mean, because I, I, mean, I have an idea from looking from the outside in, but. You have a very interesting um, mind, and your questions are very challenging. <laughs> yeah, triple C. The army predated the United States. Absolutely. The army has, for years, for two hundred plus years, tried their best to perfect, to perfect. Mm-hmm. So they have taken everything that they can and studied the elements of how to succeed. Mm. They put a lot of work into training. And creating soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, that's a dangerous thing. Right? Because mm-hmm. there, there was Nazis and they were soldiers. Mm-hmm. 
So that's the danger. That's the two. That, that's this double-edged sword of it, right? Mm-hmm. But police officers are a little bit different. Police officers are actually not soldiers, even though they work in a capacity that could probably fit that role. But mm-hmm. there's something about a police officer that's local. There's something about a police officer, especially a city cop, mm-hmm. that's compassionate. They're not this like sentry that's going out to fucking kill. Mm-hmm. They're going out to save. They have a responsibility to do what they can to save. And sometimes that responsibility entails killing. But I don't know that it's a normal thing. And it's a fucking old line, brother. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to come to work, fucking kill somebody, yo. Nope. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we do that? We have to figure out the balance. And we have to educate ourselves. We have to communicate. We have to hold ourselves accountable. And we have to study what it is that we're doing not to fail the community, but how are we failing our officers? Mm. What are we doing that we're letting them down? That's the, to be honest with you, it's the same thing that I've been hearing for a while now. And it's not you because you do a phenomenal job doing Mm -hmm. it. It's the bare essential thing of treating people. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Higher ranks, Learn how to treat your people better. A lot, a, a vast majority of people that leave because they're being treated like shit. hundred percent. That supervisor could have gave me a day off. I know he could have, but he's just being a dick. Because mm. he had to be right. Or he had to be in charge. Exactly. Because mm. his way is the only way. And on top of that, when I talked to you about earlier, you're investigators. So you understand this. Pressure causes perversion. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not for nothing. Let yes. go of the pressure. Yo, don't yes. succumb to the pressure. Yeah. Remain steadfast. <clears throat> the military has perfected the art. But, the military but, has perfected the art. They have spent a long time trying to do that too. You know but, what I mean? But I mean, actually, all those requirements that we're required to have, mm. in your opinion, you don't think the community needs that tool? You don't think the community needs accountability? And when they're wrong, they're wrong, instead of just trying to chase a check? There's two things. That's really good. Mm, that's really good. All right. Two things. One... We are essentially here to hold the community accountable. Mm-hmm. And two, because they deemed us, they, they've asked us to do it. Um, that's why they're paying our salary. It, it, damn, that's a hard one, bro. I think we broke their trust. And us as a whole. Times. Way too many times. And mm-hmm. it's still going on. Right. With these bad apples. But, I mean, the community has broken our trust as well. No, I get it, but but since we we just we have, have be, the badge, right? we're supposed to adhere yeah. and be that positive light always. And the second thing was, we just have to be able to articulate to them, right? Why? I think that's where the problem is. Yeah. But I think it's to a point where we're not going to kiss their ass. No, right. We're still we police. Would respect that? Would you respect that? Nobody would respect right. that. But it's like this is what we do. This is how we're going to do it. Like, we shouldn't get calls for the little kids playing basketball in the alley. That's not a bit. That's not a problem. That's not criminal. Mm. That should be you, mommy, or papi. Come outside <laughs> and talk to your neighbors. Facts. Right? Because now when we go out there and we go to this little kid uh, and we're like, yo, stop playing ball. So here's the- He's going to be like, yo, for real? I told you, I just think y'all marketing campaign, like if it was more like G.I. Joe, or every time you see, like, if you notice NFL, <laughs> NFL, every time you see something, you see jets flying, like, yo, the, the military, the United States military does an amazing job 
of of they show you honestly they show you hero shit they don't show you all the shit behind the scenes when you you know what i'm saying like the stuff that y'all are talking about right now you never like until you get in you see like the the commercials are dope because they have people from like uh fucking hollywood like yo do the commercials do this that and forth when um when um the italian stallion came by shout out to him i didn't even know y'all uniforms the reason why they're blue was because they're from the union brother that's a history lesson brother there is an investment in that thought process <gasps> be all you can be, be. there's do more before zero six hundred before you do an entire day they sold us on it as a civilian so you I do more before zero six hundred before I everybody say, does i saw that to say if the community wants a certain thing from us, meet us halfway. We expect something from you guys. Because I remember growing up, yeah, we were in the streets. But, yo, when a DT pulled up on me, I'm like this. <laughs> what you want to... So the thing is... That I'm not accountable people, I think though. the challenge in accountable that, people, though. That's a good point that he brings up. I think the challenge in that is that we're afraid a little bit, all right? Like, if somebody calls 911 and says, go deal with these kids playing basketball... What we're afraid of, and this is theoretical. I'm not saying that this is the actual fact. I'm saying I think this is what it is, in my opinion. We're afraid that if we don't respond and one of those kids gets killed, if one of those kids, like, shoot each other, we're going to be blamed. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to say, mm -hmm. well, why didn't you respond to that 911 call? Isn't that your job to respond to a 911 call? Why, why, why? Hold on a second, ma'am. The 911 call was for kids playing basketball. We don't know that it's appropriate for a police officer to respond to a call like that. No laws were being broken. No dangers were in life based. No dangers were no lives were in danger based on the context of that call. Mm -hmm. Just explain it to them and people will respect that. Yo, like yep. people mm -hmm. seriously respect when you try to break it down to them and say, look, this is how I honestly felt. Some of the most successful things, levels of communication that I've had with both members of the community and other comps is that I put myself vulnerable. I just said, look, I feel like you're trying to take my job. I feel like you're trying to fucking talk shit about me and just take my job, man. And I think that's kind of messed up. And it's like, sometimes like, no, I'm not trying to take your job. They lie. I'm not trying to take your job. Or sometimes they'll be like, you're right. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just be vulnerable and tell them the truth about how what happened happened. And the community will respect you for that. You don't want to add on that. The job ain't hard. Mm. People make it hard. It's easy. 90% of the job is conversing. Now, if you can speak well-mannered, know how to speak to somebody, you don't got to use foul language just to talk and have a conversation. Answer your calls. Nine times out of ten, you can answer a call that doesn't require a report. Mm. If you know what you're doing. You can articulate why they don't need a report in reference to this call. Mm. Each person you touch goes a long way. That's dope. You'll leave that long lasting, you know, insight on that person. And they'll be like, you know what? I had a real good officer just come by. Mm. Not like that asshole last week. <laughs> Got out of his all car, right. he had an attitude, rolled his eyes at me. It's it's it, you know it's all in how you say it, what comes out of your mouth. Yeah, because they see all of that. And just just be nice. Believe they see all of that. Believe it or not, they're both right in that situation. So they see all of that. We can evolve to the point where 
maybe a dispatcher shouldn't dispatch a call to a police officer for people playing basketball street, you know, basketball in the street or something. But at the same time, yeah, he's right. Just be human. Be a nice person. Be professional. And it will carry a lot of weight. You know what I mean? You know what I do too? You get those calls when I was on the street? I call them. Yep. Dispatcher, you got a call back? I call them. Because mm-hmm. not to, I, I don't need to respond there, but I call them and talk to them. I get that call uh, Frank now. <laughs> mm. I don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. If you speak to them constructively, yes, sir, ma'am, I'm here. Officer so and so, how you doing? Everything okay? Are they just playing basketball? Ain't no big deal. Are they causing any disturbance or they're just being loud? I tell you what, let them play. I'll stop by there later. If they're still there after dark, I'll speak to them. If not, I mean, they're just kids. Let them have fun. They could be doing a lot worse right now, especially in this city. Think so, right? You right, officer. Oh, my God, you so right. You know what? Have a good day. So we play a large role in how we converse with people. And that's and that's part of building relationships. You know what? When you come off, even you, even, you get even off, when, come over. Even when that relationship was been, has been damaged, absolutely. Now let me ask you a question: Do you think that Baltimore can become safer? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, you know what? It, it won't let them have me just say now. It's, it, <laughs> right. It's going. Listen, it's going to take more than that nice conversation that's being yeah. conducted. It right. ain't going to be a nice. You know what I'm saying? Politically as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They gotta play their they have to play their role just like we gotta play our role. Everybody's gotta play a part in achieving this. It can't just be one or the other. When was the last time you went to your neighborhood where you grew up in? I, oh, I asked you earlier. I ain't been back home you in a minute. Right before COVID, I was up there. So I remember crazy. the first time that I went back to my neighborhood after I got out the military. I was after there. I got out all that stuff. Yo. There was fucking white people jogging and there was a Starbucks on the corner. How about that? The Starbucks is rap. What? Yo, the Bronx is different now. <laughs> Get that Starbucks, Bronx Bronx is different. Have you seen no, Brooklyn? No, no. Yo, Brooklyn, Brooklyn looks amazing. How did that happen? Brooklyn. All oh, Yo, much. but the That's South Bronx. Is, my homeboy. My homeboy oh, no, from Bronx Brooklyn. is bubbling. My homeboy from Brooklyn got close shot, to my right? Hand. It's close yeah. to my hand. Because yeah. they wanted to steal his jacket and he fought. And then they still stole the jacket with the below in it. How did that happen how did new york city go from being one of the most dangerous fucking cities in the world to becoming the seventh safest city in america it's no longer there no i think it was like number one it was the safest big city in the world the article when i did the research at the time it was the seventh safest city in america okay but it's not like that now but either which way how the fuck did it go from the most dangerous to the seventh safest city in america how right so I studied it, studied it. New York City is not Baltimore. I get you. You're right. It ain't. There is a charm to Baltimore City. And there is a greatness to New York City as well. Different flavors. It's all ice cream. Yeah. In a nutshell, that's it right there. Bang, boom, pow. That's it. I'm speechless. That's it. Stop telling me why it can't happen. And let's start talking about how we make it happen. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, mm. seriously. And that's the, the new mayor. Like, I I feel like, how the fuck can I be liberal with this shit? I feel like this dude, right, this mayor, and he's like, look, he's the boss's boss and all that stuff. But I feel like in the he's actually pro. Like, I think he's actually cares about police. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know that he's able to, like, say as clearly how he feels. But, like, I think that in his heart, yo, like, I think he genuinely, like, cares. Like, you know he, I mean? like he knows he needs us. 
TJ told me to uh, give him a shot. So I'm uh, TJ, my guy. We grew up together. We went to high school together. So he said, you know, we got to be behind him. So I'm gonna back him. So you know, I'll I'll show him as much love as he needs. But I'm gonna give people like like you said. I'm not critiquing your position. I'm just trying to give you a different angle because mm. the shit that people are trying sometimes don't work. So the same thing with you. Like the fact that you said, yo, my bad to when all the stuff was happening to your crew. Like for me being in a, in a high up management position now, mm-hmm. you don't know how that makes me feel that I'm doing the right thing because mm-hmm. when I'm trying to check, you know, for, for like my, for people that were in the positions that I was in, in the government now. And they were like, people in your position just don't say sorry. I'm like, why not? I'm like, if I did something wrong, like, yo, I can be ignorant to something, but if I keep doing it wrong and you told me and I've read about it, I'm just stupid. But if I'm ignorant to it, enlighten me. Mm. So I was like that, you know what I mean? That's true. They like, no, but nobody says sorry. I'm like, damn. That must be a hard feeling for somebody to not hear that. And I couldn't imagine in y'all position because you have something that can take a person's life. You know what I'm saying? I call it the Batman utility belt. You have everything on there that could do something. And you're not trying to get to the stopping weapon. You're trying to get to everything else before that. Using verbal, conflict management skills, everything before you get to the final weapon. And then if something goes wrong, it's like, yo, this, this, and this. But for somebody high up to say that, that's dope. Yeah, but if people, if everybody across the board at our position start to do that, it does keep people in those positions because now it's just like I can hate my soup. I'm like, why would you want to hate? Why would you want to hate your supervisor? Like, I would want to go out to drink and hang out with people after work. I don't want you to hate me that much. And if I have to reprimand you, you know why? Because I've already told you. You know what we got to be accountable for. I'm gonna pull it up in black and white. Right. We've already had these conversations. And, and in that in that same vein, when you say the word accountability, like we got to stop making excuses for drug dealers. We got to mm. stop making excuses for fucking gangs. What's the te- mm. what's the definition of a gang in Baltimore City or Maryland? I mean, it's like two or three more with the of, intent to commit a, a crime or something yeah. like that, right? They're fucking gangs. We got to stop giving them excuses. Stop I understand. I understand. They don't know a better way. Trust me. If anything, we fucking get it. Mm-hmm. They don't know a better way. But that doesn't give them an excuse to fucking go and shoot somebody, man. Right. That doesn't give them an excuse to go and sell drugs. Well, they're just trying to make a living. Yo, I don't give a fuck. There's a better way. Work at McDonald's. Right. Fuck it. Get Work on at your, McDonald's. Get on your grind. Everybody else. At least can. after the second time. Like, you got to, like, the first time, again, that might be ignorance. But right. you, you. Come on, you kind of know after the after you've been to jail the or something is, happens. They gang up on us, right? When we're mm. making that arrest, if I'm on the 500 block of Cher, I mean on uh, Chateau, and I'm making an arrest for somebody who has a gun, where there have been multiple fucking homicides and shootings, why are you sitting there cursing my guys out? Mm-hmm. They just arrested somebody with a gun. We've actually had people when we arrested somebody with a gun. Why don't you go get the killers? <laughs> <laughs> And, I, and, like, the thing is, they'd be like, Sarge, like, back in the day when I was in the drug, like, they'd be like, Sarge, don't fucking do it. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. We're talking. We're having a conversation. I'm going to plant myself here. And I'd walk into the crowd. Your safety. I don't give a fuck, bro. Let them come at me, and that's fine. But I got a team of fucking heroes right behind me. We're going to have a conversation. What do you think that we're doing when we're trying to plate this, place this man in handcuffs who has a handgun? That's we're dope. trying to prevent him from using it. That's dope. You know what I mean? That's dope. Well, why are you bothering him? No, we're bothering him because he was displaying characteristics on person. We're bothering him because he was sitting in a car and we don't know. 
what if he was planning to kill somebody? Because I've seen that. Just dudes will just sit in the car waiting for their target, yo. Mm-hmm. One dude sat in the car for like two hours until his guy came out mm. and he got him. And the surveillance showed that. You know what I mean? So it's like the footage, I'm sorry. So it's like it makes you think like, why are they ganging up on us and calling us monsters? Why are they ganging up on us, calling us the terrorizers when we're arresting the people that are actually killing a lot of black and brown lives, more so black and Baltimore? Cause you know what I mean? The, the ignorance is deep-rooted. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Because we have to figure out a way to you articulate. And the answer is you articulate. But how do you deal with that? Even if you articulate, it sounds, it sounds too professional. Yeah. So sometimes you got to get a little grimy. Sometimes sometimes your tone has got to be a little harsh for them to understand. Oh, I ain't never had one speak to me like that. Maybe I'll listen to him a little bit more. Right. He just defined respect. So that's how you start respecting. Because now you're not saying, oh, community policing, you're right. We should apologize. Because if somebody's cursing at you mm-hmm. and you're like, ma'am, sir, you know, shut the fuck up with you. Like, will you shut the fuck up, motherfucker? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Why are you talking to me? Oh, I got your intention now, right? <laughs> so could we talk? He had a handgun, right, ma'am? He had a handgun. There we go. Oh wow! Nobody <coughs> told me that. <laughs> I know nobody told you, ma'am, because nobody was supposed to tell you, ma'am. Another thing that's kind of complicated, right? Is people be like, well, why don't you tell them why they're under arrest? Why don't you tell them why you're pulling them out? Why don't you tell them why you're Thanks for doing my job. Appreciate you. Have you, like, <laughs> when you don't want to go to, you're fighting and you're running for your freedom. It is not an easy task. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure you've had hard times. Stop running and place you on the rest because you know, no, no. you're a big guy, right? You're a big guy. I'm pre- hey, he's pretty strong. H is pretty strong. And I'm, I guarantee you, he's had a hard time. Physically fighting certain people who are fighting for their freedom. They're fighting to not go to jail, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people say, I'm fighting because I don't want to die. That's bullshit. We don't really, statistically speaking, there's no math to support that. But Mm -hmm. he is fighting for his freedom, right? And people are like, well, you have to tell us why we're on the run. I don't have to tell you shit. I ain't going to tell you shit. Not right there. All right. When you're in cuffs and you're in custody and, and everything is safe, Look, I will break it down to you. I will Mirandize you. And we can talk about this crime that you've committed all you want. But until then, and this is what people need to share with the community. People need to say this. Like, people actually need to say this. He had a gun. He committed a crime. He was selling dope. He was selling fucking coke. He was doing something wrong. Well, why did the police have to fuck with him? Because he's committing a crime. The Siege's codes have not changed. No, they haven't. That is a handgun violation, sir. Mm-hmm. And if you if you break it down to them, not aggressive like I'm just saying. No, oh no, 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 break, no, no. But if I'm, you break it down, yo, seriously, the community will respect it. Yeah. They will. They will. They have to. I agree. I hope so, LT. But I think it is equivalent to what you went through being on a battlefield. Mm. When these when when you are inject people into a community, just like when you had Bin Laden, who was a very smart and intelligent person, went to all universities, that and the fourth, and was a billionaire and came into these poor communities 
what we realized was he wasn't just terrorizing. He was also sending people to school. He was also paying for the for the goat that these people needed. He was doing all these things in the hood that these that these other people do in the hood. So literally these people for nine times out of 10 people that I grew up around that you all grew up around will never bite the hand that feeds them. And then and in that mentality, because they're always taught the good. You know, just like if somebody passes away, we, we kind of forget the bad and we always remember the good. When the person, you know, when the heart grows fonder, all of these things, you know, I, I was talking to um to, to H's brother, shout out, um mm. that deals with mental health. And, you know, like at least 30, 45 minutes after, that's what we were talking about. It's so much mental health that like it's sort of like a person being beat up. And, and being raped in the same house but you live in a nice house and you went to like a nice school and they got you cars and stuff you're confused so they may not be getting cars and everything but they've painted the enemy and the enemy is blue and regardless of what happens regardless since age two whatever boom 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 and that desensitization just like you said it had to go for a discipline you had to go look like oh discipline got you right. no it ain't that this this and this I'm trying to figure that same thing out where it's like, where can that flip happen? Because it's, as you all know, we one in 20. Brother. We're one in 20. Brother, that's you a know good what I'm saying? Point. And it's just. My biggest rebuttal is manipulation comes in all shapes, forms, and sizes. Show mm -hmm. Manipulation comes. Mm -hmm. It's fucking manipulation. You yeah. see my heart, brother. Yeah. I, you, if you were out there with him that day, you would see his heart. Mm-hmm. When I was trying to lift that weight, if you were to see him trying to help me, you see his heart. Mm -hmm. You see my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm not Osama bin Laden. This all this nonsense. We gotta fucking let go of it, yo. I, I'm with you. You know, I, and I yeah. no, but I'm with you too. That's yeah. the crazy part. I hear you too, yeah. and, I, and I'm with you. We got a hard fight. Communications, brother. Yeah. Like we gotta you. We gotta use the level of communication that everybody can fucking speak. You know what I mean? Heard out. And we gonna get there. Hell yeah. Oh, Listen. Phenomenal. You hear that? <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 65. Phenomenal. Don't get no better. I like to take the time and thank our brother, Stellar, phenomenal lieutenant for the department. He's doing phenomenal things, and it's only going to get better by his leadership. His guidance he takes care of his people he wants the best for the city he wants the best for his offices he wants the best for this department like we all do so each week we're going to continue giving you the raw and giving you the voices that need to be heard because we love what we do and we love you we appreciate you so i appreciate my brother thank you for coming on sir Thank you for having me. You guys are heroes. And nice. Thank you, sir. It was nice. an thank awesome you. privilege to meet you. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 65. Crack. <sighs> Crack. A lot of knowledge. Not a lot of knowledge. Crack. It was very deep. Very deep. Any shout outs, LT? Any shout outs? To my wife. All day. Holla. Give a shout out to the world. We love you. Stay tuning in every week. Dre, what you got? Shout out to the Quantum of History and shout out to my man D. Harris who put me on to this thing right here playing in the <laughs> background. Triple C. Wow. Shout out to everybody, man. Yo, start with love, man. There you go.
Turning up a little bit. and love. expressed on the silverback podcast are those of the hosts producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the federal state or local government this includes but not exclusive to the department of defense and or the baltimore city police department